Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The scenario is The Burning Stars. It was written by David Conyers, and it can be found in Terrors from Beyond. Our game master is Matthew Sanderson, and this is episode seven. Our recap will be given by David Gasway as his character, Dirk Kessler. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. David? Thank you, Tom. Well, it seems we won't have any more sudden lapses of memory. We figured out what the main triggers were. Separation was one of them. Separation, it turns out, is impossible. It was just me. I'm alone. I have fragments of memories of how some of the others died. Sean blew his own brains out. Some of them were torn to pieces by something my mind still won't let me remember. We went back to see Mama Josephine, and she can talk to them. They're more than figments of my imagination uh, and less than living beings. Josephine introduced us to some dark and impossible smoke creature that accepted our bargain and granted us or me a spell, the clutch of Nogtha, which might allow us a chance in the coming battle. Shortly we leave for the star pools. Josephine is coming up to the border with us and Senegal, who's lending us men and arms to try to stop the thing that was Jack from opening a gate. I doubt that I'll survive a second trip up into that jungle, but if we can put out the third eye I think at least the losses we have suffered will be justified. Indeed. And on that note, as we left it last time, heading up into the hills, we begin a four-hour, pretty much four-hour route march through the terrain. So you begin with passing through various cypress groves, fern matted glens. It's quite nice under any other circumstances. It's quite picturesque as you start to go up this always continuing slope away from the, away from the sea. There's up ahead of you granite outcroppings that hang with Spanish moss and thick old trees that are huge, taller than you would expect, almost mutated might be a word that you could put on them. And their, their branches and their limbs come together in this net that forms this canopy that almost blots out the sky above you. And as you're stood as a group, all 30 plus of you, um, looking at this, there's almost a sense of foreboding that something about the air here is wrong something about the very 
very atmosphere just reeks of wrongness. And you've been chatting with people uh, as they've been heading up, uh, been heading up there. It's not like you march um, ominously in silence. Um, there's a couple of people. There's Francois, who's the uh, the leader that was introduced last time. He pretty much heads up the front. He he leads by example. Um, there's his second in command, um, a young man by the name of Pierre. Uh, he's, he kind of cracks a few jokes to try and uh, alleviate the tension every so often. But then he looks around and pretty much locks eyes with Kessler. And both of you realise at the same time why this place has this atmosphere. There's no sound apart from you. There are no insects, there are no birds, there are no animals. There is just this unnatural silence that's fallen over this part of the part of the landscape. Mm. And something very, very wrong is here. Can I, taking advantage of our current state of existence, mm-hmm. I want to walk forward as far as I can get from Kessler without getting snapped back to mm-hmm. scout so that if I come upon somebody hiding behind a bush, I'll see him and I can tell Kessler. Sure. Um, you can give me your choice of spot hidden or track. Ooh. Uh, I got a 47 out of 60. Okay. So that's uh, which, one, yeah. which skill are you using? Uh, spot hidden. Okay. Um, you notice then that there's a fair bit of broken undergrowth around here and that it's fairly recent. So people have been coming up this track fairly frequently. Okay. Um, you've not got any ideas on numbers because that's what track would have been used to give you. But you can definitely notice that there has been a fair bit of traffic around here. And you can't, up ahead, you can't see anyone kind of lurking in the shadows or lurking behind trees. You are very much alone up here as well, as alone as you right. can be with 30-odd people around you. How far ahead am I from where Dirk is? If you stick to the path, you can probably get a fair way, probably a good 50 to 100 feet ahead of you. Okay. So if I'm that far ahead, um, I'll since nobody can hear us except Dirk, I'll, I'll yell back. Um, looks like a lot of people have been up this direction. Uh, there's lots of stuff broken down up here, but I don't see anybody yet. What's um, everyone else doing? I'll, I'll advise uh, Francois and Pierre that uh, there's there's recent, apparently there's been recent traffic. You can, and I'll sort of indicate a local, a nearby broken piece of greenery to seem a little less crazy. Okay, yeah, I mean, they, they take note, and they go, they're looking amongst themselves, going, yeah, yeah, that would definitely definitely support this. If this is the, well, this is the kind of the main route to get up to this place from, from Port-au-Prince, if there are a group of these these maniacs gathering up there, this would be the main route that they would take to to get up there. And then I was hoping to uh, go behind Dirk, you know, about as far as I could in sort of the opposite manner that Sean was doing to sort of watch our back just to make sure that nobody sneaks up behind us. Gotcha. Uh, your choice of spot hidden or listen. Uh, all right. I think my spot hidden is better. Uh, 
see here. How much did I do? Uh, I'm going to spend the 12 luck to make that a success. Just in ah, case. Okay. Just in no case. <laughs> this is going to sound cruel, but I had it in mind before you spent it. Can you now give me a luck roll? Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, and I failed, but I wouldn't have failed it even if I hadn't spent the luck. Okay. I wouldn't have succeeded even if I had spent it, so I failed. No worries. Uh, because you failed it, you can now give me a stealth roll. Okay. Uh, ooh, 35. So that succeeded. Just right. a regular. In which case, uh, the sequence of events then is you head back and you can uh, eventually, when you get to the kind of very edge of where you can see Dirk, so the kind of the limit of your range, uh, you can see that there is someone hiding further back down the trail and they're peeking round the corner of a tree. You instinctively thinking almost like they might be able to see me um, duck behind a tree. Right. And <laughs> as you move, they do look in your direction. So might this might be someone who is sensitive enough that they can see you. In that case, I'm going to try to sneak back to Dirk rather than just yelling for him or running as if this was a regular person. No worries. Uh, so you, you pass yeah. the one stealth test. I won't make mm -hmm. you make another one. So you, right, you so I just, yeah, just creep back there. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, once I get bit back within, you know, sort of whispering range, I'll be like, you know, Dirk, we, you know, we've, we've got someone sneaking behind there. And I, I swear they might have, they might have glanced at me when I hid behind a bush. Uh, well, if uh, Joseph, he can sense you and the parrots, who knows what uh, these, uh, uh, I don't know, followers can do. Um, uh, Pierre, uh, can, can we send, uh, a couple of guys back down the trail? I think we might, they might be looping around us. Okay. Yeah. He, he opens his, his eyes wide and tries to, uh, not make it obvious what he's doing. So he's, he's, uh, trying to be fairly discreet. He kind of talks out the side of his mouth to a couple of people beside him without making eye contact and says, basically to start go to go off the trail in either direction and then start to come back and so two two of the guys um one guy with a tommy gun one guy with a rifle uh they head off and there's the initial sounds of them starting to uh, move away and then it just goes quiet again how long do you want to wait uh well i uh uh, I, it, we've entered obviously an area near the pools, right, Pierre? That's why the atmosphere is so grim. We've got a little way to go, but yeah, this this is not a this is not a nice place. All right. Um, do do you do, do the uh, the fellows you sent back? Do they have a signal if they are in trouble, or should we move ahead and and let them catch up if it's all clear? Mm -hmm. uh, they'll, they'll make a uh, they'll make a sound or a noise. Normally, they make a. And at that point, there's a distinctive from back down the uh, back down the trail, and then yelling in uh, in French. I know it wouldn't be French; it'd be Creole. Uh, does anyone have Creole? Just French. 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 It's you're able to make out. Yeah, I think we've been through this before, actually. Um, 
you're able to make out a couple of words that are interspersed here. And it's essentially sounding like an expletive-filled uh, drop it, get down on the ground. And those are your, and those are Pierre's fellows who we hear? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, Pierre is kind of just stopped mid-sentence, got his mouth open. I was going to say they'd make a bird call, but that's also uh, pretty, pretty indicative. And coming up the path from behind you, uh, there's a man that's pretty, well, pretty much naked apart from a loincloth uh, that he's wearing and sandals with this necklace around his uh, around his neck, uh, painted up with a third eye in his for uh, on his forehead, um, looking maybe a little bit emaciated, and you can certainly smell him before um, before you'd be able to go. Uh, get too close to him uh, there is there is a certain aroma around him as if he hasn't uh, seen a bath for a very long time uh, flanked from behind by the two guys with the guns that were sent back and this this fellow is frog marched up towards you with his hands behind his head nice work donna does, uh, does this look like the one that i saw or a different person the the outline okay. is pretty much the same so you, you saw a shadowy figure at the so the little bit further down the path is What's the necklace look like? Uh, the necklace looks very similar to something around your neck, um, uh -huh. except the shape isn't the same, but it's the construction that's uh, similar. Uh, it's not made of the same material. It's just made of what you think is probably obsidian, um, that it's been chipped and very crudely fashioned so that it has a sharp edge and then a hole drilled through it. And again, then just like a strap around the uh, or thong around the neck that's then being threaded through it. So it's evidently something that's been designed in a similar fashion to what you've got, but is not the same thing. Pierre, can you have uh, that uh, imitation stone cut off? It might give him some advantage. No, yeah, he, he goes over and not so much cuts, he just grabs it and yanks <laughs> it hard enough that it then uh, it snaps. The, uh, the fellow called bends forward a little bit as that happens but otherwise he just say still looks this almost not crazed look on his face but it's a bit hard to read him he's not altogether there i'm gonna walk up to him and put my hand into his face real quick and see if he reacts oh yeah he, he pulls back and i look back at us you know the ghosts I was going to do that by very subtly seeing if he made eye contact with me at any point. Oh. But you've <laughs> you've gone for the more direct approach. Yeah. Oh wait. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he does. Um, you do notice that he's looking around everyone in the group, but it's everyone, not just you, it's kind of singling out you as a group. It's everyone that's around. I wonder if he could hear us too. Uh, there's a kind of cock of the head as he obviously hears what you say, but you don't think he understands English. You could yell in his ear the same way you. <laughs> like a, a traveler to Europe, you mean? Uh, so, uh, Francois Pierre, uh, what do you want? What should we do with this guy? Well, we've got a couple of options. Uh, we can bind, we can bind and gag him. 
uh, the last thing we want him to do is to make a announce our arrival when we get closer. That would uh, very much defeat the object. Uh, we can tie him up here and then take him to the authorities when we get back to, uh, back down to back down to Port-au-Prince. We can put a bullet in it, bullet in his head and leave him here. Um, we're happy with any of those options, particularly. Do you do you think that uh, the shots that were fired uh, were loud enough to be heard up by the pools? Oh, but we're too far away for that to be heard yet. All right. Um, do you think he'll suffer more if he are the in, are the bugs just going to eat him alive if we leave him on the path? Go look around. Right, I don't think quiet. there's any bugs here. <clears throat> What bugs, Dirk? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I guess I'm an, uh, an idealistic, you know, consumer of uh, uh, popular American novels, and I think people can be saved no matter how far gone they are. Maybe if we stop that evil on top of the mountain, this guy can go home and find a life. They didn't give Jack a chance. I said kill him. Have we asked him what he's doing up here? He's following us. He's well, yeah, a, but... He's a he, uh, Probably a cultist. I think the third eye is pretty evident. It is. Oh, he had a... Oh, yeah. That. But just yeah. <laughs> bear in mind whatever decision you guys make, we are not the monsters. We shouldn't be killing people just indiscriminately. I mean, when we're in combat on top of the hill, I think we're going to be responsible for a lot of death, but this guy can't do anything to us. So maybe we tie him up and if we survive, yeah. we can take him back down. Yeah, I, I, I vote we tie him up and we gag him and hide him in a bush. That yeah. itchy bush over there. Yeah, I mean, Pierre, I want as little blood on my hands as I can get out of this whole business. And I assume you feel the same way. I reach out and poke him. Does he feel like a statue, like every other living thing I put? Yeah, okay. Yeah, he does. Does he react to him, like, poking him? He looks at it, uh, and he's got this, again, confused look on his face, as if he can see it happening, but can't feel it happening. I have an idea. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, I, I actually have a question. Now, Sean... Sean mentioned, you know, with you know, holding his gun just because it makes him feel good. Do we still have guns that we sort of imagined us having that don't do anything, or is it like was I just imagining Dirk's gun when I had a gun before? Well, no, you you still got guns. Okay. Yet, so you don't. Okay. Because <laughs> so uh, now this is to the others now, Dirk uh, and you know everyone. Crazy idea here. If the cultists can see us, then. We could potentially help, you know, Dirk and the others by faking them out. We could pretend to shoot at them or charge them in, as we were going to punch them, but you know they don't know that we would we would the punch won't connect. But it looks like they're about to be punched. If we're clever enough, we can get them to hurt one another. Ah, if they try to shoot one of us, but in reality the bullet goes through us because we're not really there. Right. Well, I I take my gun out and I say let's test it out. I point it at his foot and pull the trigger. Okay, he jumps. Uh, there's a whole load of people around him that are kind of going, what the hell? Because they haven't heard anything. And there's no kind of kickback of dust coming up from the ground. So as far as they're concerned, the guy just uh, all of a sudden started hey. jumping around. 
Right. And I never thought I'd say that in my life, but apparently ghost guns work on cultists. Well, well he didn't, he didn't hurt him. It scares scare them, is what I'm saying. It works to scare them. <laughs> they would, can see it would actually It would actually work out in, an, in our advantage if not all of them were able to see us because then the ones that couldn't see us would be wondering what the ones who could see us were reacting to, which would throw the whole lot of them in, into panic and chaos. You could just stand in front of one of the ones that can't see you and they'll shoot you if they want to go right through and kill the guy yeah. behind you. Yeah, well, we can use right. this to our advantage. Hopefully, none of us have taken a bullet yet. I'm still a little scared about Mr. Sterling, please don't test it on one of us. No, no, no. Yeah, we don't know if what happens if we're injured in this. Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I wouldn't want Dirk to, I don't know, have some kind of transference of damage or something. I don't know. I appreciate that. It might be that uh, only ones that have the eye paint on their forehead can sense you. Trying not to make Pierre and Francois I think I'm right. insane. <laughs> my hat. As far as I'm concerned, any any one of these cultists is the reason we're dead or my son's some deformed creature. I don't you know, care what happens to any of them. You know, Dirk Francois, I still see you pull down your hat, cover your mouth, and talk out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't his name? Oh no, that's Sebastian. He does kind of give you a couple of sideways glances, uh, as if he's kind of heard, but he's trying to ignore the crazy person that he's been briefed about. <laughs> so. Yeah, Senegal told him what to expect. So, uh, you know, it's cool. They, Tell uh, him we have a plan. <laughs> if we, if we, if we can survive all of this, you can become one of the greatest mind readers, because we can like spy on things while you're. I got a lot to talk about with Harry Houdini if I get back to New York City. Uh, not to mention uh, figuring out how to get the sterling fortune away from your wife. Sorry. <laughs> Thoughts go on the inside. Uh, okay, so uh, if, if Pierre and, and Francois are comfortable tying the guy up and mm -hmm. you know sticking some banana leaves in his mouth, We'll let him. We'll leave him quivering by the side of the trail and and carry on, mm -hmm. having learned something of note. Okay. Yeah. You can certainly. Uh, you can certainly time up. And leave him there and leave him there. He's secure enough that he's not going to get out of it himself. That is not a problem. Can I have a party luck roll. So whoever has the lowest luck. Sixty-five. Forty-two. Forty-eight. Forty-nine. I take it that that's me then. Yeah, I think 42 is the lowest I've heard so far. Yeah. Mine's mine oh. 60 still. So. 42. And I've rolled an eight. There you go. In which case, there isn't another the straggler, a late occultist arriving late to the event. So they're not going to mm. stumble across him and then cut him loose behind you. Um, he is very much just going to be tied up by that tree. I think we and might as well just off. get our guns out. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't have to be stealthy, do we? <laughs> I'm going to get my knife out as well, on the other hand, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna also, since I'm far enough ahead, if I fire my gun, there's somebody coming. 
I mean, Dirk, uh, Dirk's the only one who'll hear it, but. Well, be careful, because they might hear the gunshot, too. They'd probably see me, but. Then it might scare them. Yeah, whatever. It's a warning to the real people. I'm helping notice that there's actually no smoke coming out of my cigarette. <laughs> Well, think think of all the damage it's not doing to your lungs. So. I don't have any lungs. Right, you at that point, after they're tied up, Pierre and uh, Francois are quite happy to proceed with your with your blessing. So they indicate to continue up the up the hill, and passing by these granite outcroppings, these granite cliffs, you pass under this dark canopy, so the starry sky above you is completely obliterated, and there is just black up there, and moving through this eerily quiet forest or almost jungle. Uh, can everyone apart from Kessler, so those that are uh, livingly challenged in the party, give me an oh. int roll? That's a fail. Oh. Ooh. Regular... Regular success. Hard success. By a whisker. So uh, the yeah. only one that failed was Sterling, yes? Yeah. That's good. So you're that's a that's appropriate given locations. As you're walking following this track, you can see there are paths or or areas of undergrowth where someone has broken through them and there are tracks leading away. Or rather, as you look at them, it's almost as if someone was running in your direction towards where you are now. That those of you that passed realize you've been here before. This suddenly seems very ominously familiar. And that each of you has a particular, it's almost like a particular direction. So none of you follow the same path, but you can think, this one over here, over to the left, something is very, very familiar about that direction. So that might be Amy thinks it off to the left, whereas Sean might think, actually, no, the, the, this one off to the right seems quite familiar. And so each of you, apart from uh, Sterling, have this have this feeling, and just find yourselves coming to a coming to a bit of a stop and looking in different directions. I think this must be where we ran. Yeah, I mean, I have a bad feeling about this. I feel like I don't know. I I kind of want to see what's down the path. Me too. If Dirk can stay here in the middle and rest for a few minutes, maybe we can go along the path far enough to where we can see without uh, getting snapped back. I'm gonna uh, try it. Uh, Pierre, Francois, I feel like we're getting close. Do you mind if I take uh, a couple minutes for a breather? I want to prepare. Sure, sure. No, no problem. Um, they are actively being a bit more quiet at this point, so they are entering a kind of more stealthy mode as a group. So there's a few hand signals and uh, not whistles, but definitely uh, subtle calls for people to uh, to stop where they are and kind of huddle back as a group. 
yeah, you're, you're able to try and go off in a few directions if you wish. And the paths are fairly dense through this part of the um, part of the forest. So if you want to be able to go far enough along from where Dirk has kind of anchored himself, um, to see what's at the end of each path or get a hint of what's there, it will be a hard spot hidden roll for those that are brave enough to go and venture along the, their chosen paths. Let's see my dead body. A hard spot hidden? Mm-hmm. 42. Uh, in for a penny, in for a pound. I'll give it a go. I will, I'll spend I'll spend two luck to make that a hard. I'll spend 12 luck. I've got an extreme. Okay. Now at 58. Okay. I bet that's not going to be something good, though, is it? Extreme. Okay, did anyone else get an extreme or just... Uh... Guy. Guy, yes. Oh, I've got the wrong name. I failed. That's, that's why I was stumbling. <laughs> yeah. Got a hard. Just a hard. Yeah. Sean and I got a hard. Okay. Right. There's a few things that each of you will see then. Uh, no one failed. I failed. Oh, I've, right. Okay. So Amy, who didn't want to know anything the first time anyway, still failed. My wish is granted. Sees <laughs> <Just these> trees. <laughs> so, Sean. You see a clearing, or at least to the periphery of a clearing, and you think on the opposite side of the clearing, slumped in the shadow of a tree, there does look to be some figure that's there. But down on the ground, lent up against the tree, you can't see the head, but right. you can definitely see that there's, there's someone sat down there. I see that the shirt was mine, or... Uh, you can see, maybe from like the waist down, that it could be the same shirt as yours. You're not too sure from this distance. There's still enough ambiguity that it doesn't hit home. So and I can't really get any closer? Yeah, that you try to get closer and you can feel that bungee cord tightening yeah. as if it's about to snap back. I uh, stand there for a few moments and contemplate more mortality. But, uh, I feel humbled. A little sad when I turn around and walk back. Okay. Donna, uh, you see, again, there definitely looks, it's not quite a clearing perhaps, but it's almost like an oval that has a clear open patch of sky above it. So it's almost just like a break in the canopy rather than a clearing itself. And there's some kind of black mass that's in the center of the the center of this. I mean, it, again, it could be a body on the floor. It's hard to tell. It's just black. And well then, <laughs> yes. And guy, um, you look into into definitely what is a clearing. There's a wide open patch of sky above you, and you're making out that there's little bits and pieces almost scattered across this uh, across this grassy floor. Um, it looks as though some of the long grass has been trampled. So there's definitely something big moved through here. And there's something that looks almost what you think looks like an arm 
connected to a little bit of the shoulder um, hanging from one of the one of the branches of the trees that overlooks um, overlooks the clearing. With your extreme success, it's looking up at that arm that you see the sky, or rather take more notice of the sky above. The sky is alive with stars, more stars than you thought should be up there, almost as if the sky itself was on fire. And weaving its way between the blackness between these stars, it's almost like watching a worm just moving between different points and trying to trying to make sure that it doesn't doesn't obscure any of the stars up there but it's almost like the blackness between those burning stars is alive something is up in the sky what do you as a group then after seeing these things what do you do well I'm going to point out what I've seen and try and try and explain what I've seen to the others. I mean, I think so. When we look, do we see what he's talking about? Uh, you have to go to his particular position, then, uh, or go as far back to the uh, the edge of where you can actually see the stars. Because at the minute, if you go back to where Dirk is, then it's just thick canopy overhead. You uh, can't see the sky. Wait a second. Have considered that the star pools could be sort of a poetic term, and that the pool is in the is the sky and. I don't know. Every, everyone we've spoken to made it sound like they were actually pools of water. They did also mention they were connecting tunnels underneath them. Uh, so. Well, maybe I'm being I'm being very poetic right now because I just think I saw my dead body and <sighs> sobering thought. Yeah, they might know. reflect uh, stars differently because of the elevation. That, that's what I was going to say. Or maybe because of what's in them. Well, do we linger or do we move on? Uh, so, uh, you know, Pierre and Francois and the men obviously have already, like, adopted stealth mode. So, you know, I, there's no, I don't think I, we, I need to say anything about the fact that we're at the edge. I'll just say, you know, thanks for waiting. Let's go. The question would be is whether we got this far and were stopped or whether we got farther up and then ran back to this spot. I think okay. we probably ran back yeah. this way. Because the tracks look like because we ran this way. Okay. Oh, Francois and uh, Pierre, they have a short talk between themselves and then they come back to yourself. It's like we've we've got a few options from here. Um, we we recommend we don't go further up this path because this will take us directly to the pools. Uh, there are numerous smaller routes which can get us close, 
and then we can observe what's going on through the thick jungle around around the pool the clearing that contains the pools um, but it's pretty much take your pick as to which route uh, we can follow from here what's our timing like i'm asking Dirk. what's the what's the time uh, frame like it's taken you, you're about three and a half hours, so you're only probably about a half hour walk away from where uh, where you need to be. And, so and these... Be a bit of a hike. So, so, but these uh, side routes aren't going to change the time frame a lot, right? Uh, no, because we ultimately end up at the same place. It's just you're coming yeah. in from a different angle. Yeah, well, I think uh, as much an element of surprise as we can get, I, I'm all for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Think Even through the forest, a, I'll still push my way for us. I think we should try to maintain stealth ourselves as well. Who knows who can hear us? Yeah. Forest better. Okay. So, yeah, they're, they're suggesting that it's pretty much they're leaving it to you to choose which route that they want uh, that they should take because they're Definitely. saying any of these are good as each other. Uh, left, right, center. What are the, what are the differences? Uh, the center one is the one, the main path that will take you directly to the pools. That's the one they're saying we don't want to go down. Um, but there are, say, three to the left and two to the right. Uh, is any one of them rockier than the others? Uh, they're, they're all fairly ordinary earth and floor at this point. Um, in terms of uh, mechanics of which one you choose, uh, I'm going to ask which path do you want to follow that was uh, leading a particular one of your friends off in that direction? Uh, well, Sean saw enough that he wanted to end it for himself. He didn't get torn limb from limb. Um, did we see where uh, Mr. Sterling did Mr. Sterling see his body? No, he didn't. No, he, he didn't see his. Didn't, yeah, he didn't I was get pulled that to the left, and O'Neill was pulled to the right. Which way did I get pulled again? Sorry, the. Um, let's say left. Okay. A little bit further on. I I, I think we should take uh, Sean's path. Okay, he so that will get you to a nice open clearing, and then he's potentially his body on the far side of it. All right, cool. I'll get a better look at my body then. Yeah, because I definitely recommend we don't go the way I was being pulled. How about the way Guy was? He started to see the sky changing. Maybe he was getting yeah. close to a pool. I I don't know whether what I saw was a good thing. Oh, yeah. My way. Yeah. Uh, I'll take this one, please, Pierre. Okay, right. We'll expect we'll to see a expect to see a headless corpse uh, after about twenty meters. There'll be a gun there too. You should collect that. It's a good gun. Yeah, he kind of raises an eyebrow and says, "How? Are you, how would you know that?" I am the one who came down from the mountain before. Yeah, then that kind of they think, "Oh yeah, of course," and. They nod, and they start making hand gestures, and then the group of you start moving off down that path. And in not too long a time, you come to the edge of a clearing, say, nice and wide, 
otherwise the grass here fairly undisturbed and then you can all see on the far side of the clearing there is a figure still wrapped in shadow that's just sat down legs out from the tree and then as shadow goes up you just realize that there's not really anything kind of beyond here up but yeah there is definitely a body there gun in hand and dressed in rather familiar clothing i'm gonna go up to him and say rest in peace buddy <laughs> yeah you, yeah you you go over there and you can you can smell um almost still the fresh blood uh there's the outreach uh, the outstretched arm has a gun still there um a rather large 45 revolver uh, looks like if you get to have a real close look at it that there are still chambers that have bullets in there so it's not like it's every bullet was used there's still bullets in this gun Dirk if you want it you know we are we came up well armed and that's going to be a little rusty and uh also just separating it from your hand is it's, you know it's not necessary I'm going to reach out and touch the back of my hand. Okay. Feels like marble. All right. I'm done with myself. <laughs> yep. It looks like a good old in the mouth pointed upward click and yeah. most, of the, most of the face is gone. Most of the head is gone. And there's just this stump left. I never felt anything except perhaps horror at what I saw in the sky. Uh, as you make that gesture do you look up yeah can i have a spot hidden roll please 98 oh thankfully thankfully you don't see anything <laughs> i'm wiping away the tears in my eyes anyone else looking up i mean if Not i saw good. him look up i probably would too yeah <laughs> Curiosity. Okay. Well, I didn't look up like I was looking up. I looked up just kind of like a, mm, I'm dead. <laughs> so. Confronted with cold, hard realization. Yeah. Is, it is a sobering moment. So it wasn't like I went. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so it's up to you. I'll leave it up to luck. And no. Oh, well, no, I failed, so I didn't look up. Okay. In which case, as uh, Sean's out ahead and you can see that he's definitely having a moment uh, over there, kind of understandably so, and as it sinks in that there's the Sean you know stood there and then evidently the body of Sean lay, uh, laying in front of him or sat in front of him, It's uh, it's a moment that would probably have taken you a few minutes to or a few moments to process if there wasn't a sudden flurry of movement all around you and the sound of gunfire breaking out and screams that fill the uh, fill the entire clearing uh, it's almost as if the darkness above just drops down out of the sky in tendrils and starts grabbing people, and then you start seeing legs kicking as they're being pulled up into the um, into the sky, firing guns wildly. Except they aren't tendrils. 
you realize after flicking around looking at these things that there's maybe about a dozen of them that just descend from above without any warning without any sound other than maybe the beating of the single wing that seems to come off the side of each of these tendrils that ends in this huge mouth that opens and then just chomps down and devours on bunch a uh, bunch of these people around you uh, can i have sanity checks please Derek, see if you can control it. Success. Ew. Good God. Regular success. Yeah, I've I've rolled a three. Regular success. Wow. There's yeah, something no, up I, with I these failed, dice. Actually, I, I think one of the one of these dice is just rolling a double zero just constantly. <laughs> and I'm not <laughs> complaining. I was gonna say you, you'll need it. Uh, luckily for you that seeing one of these is zero if you pass, it's a D10 if you fail. Jeez. And I'm starting off with the light stuff. Only two. Uh, well, I just took six. Oh, okay. So, uh, intelligence or? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, Sterling can definitely and do it. And <laughs> uh, And I, because my intelligence is 75, I succeeded. So that's bad. Oh, roll intelligence? <laughs> I run away and get bungee cord back, and I fell <laughs> it again, and run away and get bungee cord back. I pa- uh, I passed. Okay. Oh, well, good. That sounds like you've decided how you're flipping out. You're just trying to run and then get, get <laughs> immediately doing straight yeah. back. Um, in which case, then, uh, did anyone else fail? I, yeah, or I, I got, I also uh, succeeded my intelligence, so... Yeah. Besides Donna, that is. Okay. Right. In which case, then, uh, the two Sterlings, having realized that these uh, these creatures, because you all have a degree of knowledge <laughs> anyway, um, these hunting horrors that are descending from the gaps between the stars that are tearing apart the entire group around you, uh, you know what you are looking at and just go, no, 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 and flee. Um, it would almost be comical. Uh, that as you go in different directions, it's like ding doing 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 as you get to the tree line and then immediately find yourself back by Kessler. And especially uh, more so as that each time as you run away, that when you bounce back and look up, you can see one of these things descending rapidly down from the stars, twirling like a snake in the air with this one huge wing off its side, mouth getting gradually more and more open and open wider as it descends, ready to almost seem as if it's going to try and bite his head off, and that each time you snap back, it's that little bit closer. Um, Dirk, you have one of these things coming directly down on top of you. What are you doing? Uh, dodge for cover. Okay. Give me a dodge roll. Yep, I don't think I was that weapon ready after all. All right, 32 is a regular success. Okay. You fall to the ground and dive out of the way just as this thing comes straight down towards you and then almost as if someone hit a set of air brakes, it stops coming down at an angle with this mouth wide open, this terrible breath coming out of it, this row of innumerable teeth, and these two incredibly sentient eyes staring at you. And as if it's just like a guard dog that's been told to sit. 
while all around you there is just chaos there are people being torn limb from limb there are bullets flying through the air and people being taken up into the sky and never coming back others are running terrified into the um, into the undergrowth this is the only one that stopped right and I, i'm gonna i'm gonna show at the stone and i'm gonna pull myself back to my feet okay. with one almighty a swoosh of its wing it reaches back up into the air probably about six or seven feet allowing you to stand up so it keeps its distance but otherwise it's just perched looking at you mm. what are the rest of you doing apart from the sterlings which are just going bah! stop it Dirk see if you can make the other one stop yeah enough we have safe passage Give me a pow roll. Uh, this is going to be opposed. Do, do. Wow, that's a really crappy roll. Uh, that's 85 out of 150, so it's only a regular success. <laughs> well, I've got a uh, goal. Well, me, I say they. Uh, the hunting horrors have a power of 105, but double zero is still a failure. Oh. Uh, my dice are fantastic, as per normal. Um, yeah, you are able to uh, command your will upon these, that the whole bunch of them, there's about 10 of them that have swooped down and that there are now just bits of bodies all around you, all turn to look at this one in the centre that's still looking down upon you. It nods in recognition of your command, and with a screech, they corkscrew and spiral their way back up into the sky. Okay. Uh, Pierre, I apologize. I, I didn't know it would begin so soon. Uh, as you've addressed him directly, give me a luck roll to see if there is... And at least enough of Pierre to talk to that might be recognisable or even alive. Uh, 13 is quite lucky. Okay, in which case that he dove uh, away in a similar direction to yourself when this thing came down. And he just looks up into the sky. See? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, um, he's evidently shaken, but not to the point where he lost enough sand that he would be uh, running terrified. So this kind of ashen white face, sweating and almost blubbing. Uh, we've got tears in his eyes just in sheer terror and some uh, curiously damp patches down by his groin. Uh, just looks at you and just he's just shaking and not able to vocalise anything at the moment. And how many men did we lose at a quick uh, visual sampling? Hey, um, roll me 3d10. Eight, a ten, and a two. So 20. twenty. Okay. Yep. You can see that there are body parts of the vast majority of your group, and there's still the sound of people running away into the undergrowth. Um, you've only got one other person besides Pierre that's here, but you know there's definitely two thirds of your group are dead, and the rest have run off into the undergrowth. I guess Senegal's forces were not um, prepared for horrors from beyond space and time. 
Is anybody? Uh, now there's only three of us. Three people, three real humans. As I bungee back for the like fourth time, I finally yeah. stop. Which Where is really honestly I the the that was a, that was very distracting. Sorry. I lost it. Yeah, we all lost a lot just then. Are they uh gone? They're gone, and stone is very powerful, but we are um we don't have an army anymore. So were those the things that we were worried about, the things that killed us? I don't think they were. Those but they obeyed you, so next time something appears, you can control it. You could just as easily tell those things to go attack our enemies if we see them. Yeah. Wait, is everybody dead and gone? Everybody except these two guys over here. <sighs> Uh, what's your, uh, what's this brave man's name, Pierre? No, uh, this would be, uh, this would be Thomas. Lucky Thomas. Mm. Well, uh, he has our gratitude, um, for his bravery. And my apologies, uh, for, you know, the loss of your comrades. Hey, O'Neill, remember what that Mambo said? That we might be able to jump into a body? If they're willing? No, if they're dead. Yeah, if they're dead. But I don't know if there's enough of a body left here to jump into, to be honest, Mr. Sterling. It's a lot of legs. It's a lot of legs. Yeah, it's more like a field of bits of people. Yeah. Oh, we just have to move on. We have to stop. We have to put a bullet somehow through Jack's head. No. So we go forward, and I'm going to t- have the stone in hand. Yeah, be ready. And, and a 45 in the other. And we need to end this uh, once and for all. Okay. Well, yeah. On the far side of the clearing... Um, actually not too far from where Sean's body still still lays there is another path which goes forward and that's where the Pierre is suggesting that's where we need to that's where we need to go because that will take us up to the up to the pools so be it yeah. all right you proceed up the path the canopy reforms above you, blotting out the starry sky and anything that might be still moving up there. And off in the distance, after you walk for another five or ten minutes, you can hear the sound of drums and the sound of what seems to be people in revelry. There's cries, but not cries of pain. There's cries of ecstasy joy delight there's a real big party happening up there and given the scale of what you've seen taking place down in port-au-prince um, with the the partying that's been taking place over the last uh, couple of nights with the uh the fet Gied celebrations you're thinking there's a lot of people up there 
mm-hmm. easily a hundred, probably several times that. Mm. This is not a small gathering. We might need to wait until we see Jack to take any kind of action. Is there any of those satchels with the explosives in it on the ground? Well, if you want to have a look around, give me a spot hidden roll. It's also possible that that it's a good thing that there are so many, you might be able to blend in if you, if they're dressed in a certain way. Regular I mean, not plus. everybody was going to know I, everybody. I feel like we look so gruesome, some of us, that we may not if someone can see us. That's the You problem. probably look a sight, O'Neill. Mm-hmm. And I think Mama Josephine said Donna did too, mm-hmm. to be honest. Apparently that black sludge disintegrated me or something yeah, like and so it's acid. yeah i've been melted it's really not something that a regular person would blend in yeah well, i'm i'm thinking that dirk could blend in. oh sure if, if yes. they can see us then we can cause pandemonium mm-hmm. and in yeah. the pandemonium we might be able to act I but should we wait until we see Jack, I fear that if we cause pandemonium before he shows up, he might be whisked away somewhere or something. We might not be able to get close enough to see Jack unless we try to sneak in. I don't know. I mean, I I need to make make contact with him to use the spell or use it on uh, Calico. That's right. we got King Calico. We have to shoot Jack's third eye. And I guess... I can guess that King Calico will be able to see us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, I wouldn't this. be. I wouldn't be able. I wouldn't be surprised if he could do something to us too. How did How did Sterling do on his spot hidden? Regular. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but. All right, Sterling can give me a D six. A five. You find five satchels. Dirk. Look. <laughs> five mm-hmm. satchels. Uh, or, or, or can I carry two of those comfortably? I yeah, assume I can't. Shoulder. Okay. Pierre. Right. Thomas. <laughs> yeah. If we if we get through this, blowing everything up, uh, I think will give us a little bit of satisfaction. Ab, don't 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 sleep on the fact that you could toss one of them into the crowd too. Uh, or two. Or yeah, four. Pierre, do you know how? Uh, what's the detonation of, for these guys? Uh, pretty much as well. We've got a couple of options. He opens each satchel. Um, inside, you've got a bundle of ten sticks of dynamite. Or uh, several bundles. They're kind of bundled in the two groups of uh, two groups of three and a group of four. But then those bundles are then strapped together, so they form a large bundle. But they can be unbundled if you wanted to get them into three separate groups. So a three, a three, and a four. Uh, there is a uh, small alarm clock type device in there, that, so you can set a timer if you wanted. Um, alternatively, there is then also coming off each bundle a fuse, which there's quite a, a length of it, so that if you wanted to cut it, it could be a longer fuse or a shorter fuse, depending on how you wanted it. So you've got options. Very nice. 
Um, so uh, I'm going to stop here and Thomas at a distance from the revelry, I guess, where we can see firelight through the canopy or through the, you know, the fo foliage to some extent. You, you can see a bit of a glow ahead, but it's still that this is very, very heavy jungle around here. Okay. Well, if as soon as as soon as there's like something like an actual shadow or glimmer is bright enough to cut through, I'm gonna stop my living fellows and send my uh, non-living fellows forward to see what they can mm -hmm. and make some sort of you know. I mean, now that they've seen me chase the sky snake monsters away with my magic stone, whatever critical faculties are probably prepared to allow me to talk to nobody. Yeah, they're all a little bit shaken. So, I mean, no one around here has uh, come with all their sanity intact. Yeah, they're not worrying about you talking to yourselves at this point. Uh, the, uh, the thing I want to know now is who is going up ahead? Are you all go? Um, are all the dead folks going ahead, or are you keeping some of you back? Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to try to cover our behind like I was before. I'm going to go, go ahead. ahead, and I'm going to try to be a little stealthy, just so that. Yeah, same. I okay, think so uh, I'm going to hang back because I'm a little uh, unsettled right now. Okay, and guy. Uh, no, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be up the front. Gun okay, so out, switchblade out. Got it. So Sean, Guy, and Amy going forward, and the Sterlings at the back. Right, the three of you do not need to make stealth checks heading up there, because the jungle is so thick. It kind of you realise that it's going to act as a double-edged sword for any of those that are physically approaching, uh, because. While it is thick jungle, that means there's going to be plenty of stuff that you have to push and move to make progress through. So you're going to make noise doing it. But for you going forward, it also limits the extent to which you can go forward because it's going to be blocking a lot of uh, Kessler's view. But after moving around and feeling this bungee cord pulling you back, starting to look between gaps in the uh, gaps in the foliage and uh, any areas that have been trodden running out from the main area between you you can get an idea of what this area looks like you're coming in from this angle which this is the general area where it's saying that the dead bodies marks where your various corpses lie off in that direction uh, you're coming in so you can see from here across, so almost like a northwest to southeast uh, angle of view. The black dots are monoliths. These are stones which are coming out of the ground, rising up to maybe eight to ten feet tall. Um, each of them looks like they are covered in some kind of scrawl, uh, that they are ancient, uh, almost like petroglyphs perhaps. On some of them some of them are larger than others others are really small marks that you can't discern um, what's been written on them but they certainly don't look as though they're written in any language that you're able to comprehend the main feature is the six pools that almost look like they're lit from below but you realize that it's this green glow 
uh, the water reflecting this starry filled sky above you, uh, almost like they're mirrors. Uh, focusing in on them, you can just about determine that, yes, they are water. You can see the edges of these uh, sunken, almost like silos going down into the ground. But the, the rays of light make it very difficult to pick up any more, uh, any more detail down there. Maybe quite blissfully, because it means that you don't automatically see uh, anything that might be lurking in there. There's in the middle of these six pools, there is something that vaguely resembles an altar. Uh, it's built around a 10 foot tall wooden pole, almost like a telegraph pole. Uh, but it's built with a series of, well, it might be easily hundreds of human skulls, each one seeming seemingly to have been broken apart in the middle of the forehead, as if breaking open a third eye, perhaps, where there wasn't a socket before, because they are otherwise regular human skulls. This ring around that pole is then secured by various straps and various other wooden stakes that hold it together and then provide a kind of roughly flat surface on the top where various unbroken craniums still reside so it's going to be a bit bumpy if you were to lay down on it but at least it's, a, it's kind of a vaguely flat surface there are easily a couple of hundred people it's it's hard to get an idea on numbers when there's so many people here but they are moving around the edges of the pools they they give the altar a fairly wide berth admittedly so that's one clear area and the other clear area are these three huts which i'll get to in a second up on the north the northeast side of the middle pool here but there are people here that are mostly uh mostly black but there are there are the occasional faces that you can see here, which are white or mulatto, the uh, kind of the mixed race uh, proportion of the population here. So, any worries that you might have about standing out like a sore thumb, you'll certainly be in the in the very very small minority, but you wouldn't you wouldn't be the only white people here. Uh, all of them have been painted up, so they have a third eye in their forehead. This seems to be very much a a symbol of the cult. But perhaps more disturbing as you're looking around the sea of faces is that you realise that some of them that are dancing here and wailing and crying in ecstasy are dancing over the corpses of some of their own. Uh, there are various bodies laying scattered around, uh, scattered around the pools that look they're covered in blood they've been trampled they're evidently uh, they're evidently very very dead and some of them even as you're watching the ones that are dancing you can see them ritualistically taking these uh, these mock sharp stones that they have hung around their necks or that they pull out from well, pouches in their loincloths and as they look to the skies and declare something that almost could sound like they're well, everlasting or undying love for whatever's up there start hacking away at their own throats uh, blood gushes into the crowd and they fall uh, they fall dead and then just become more to be trampled over uh, there are dozens of people that are offering themselves up every few minutes to this and it doesn't really seem to be making any kind of dent in the size of the crowd of cultists that are here and the last bit 
these three huts. The one that's further, the one that's closest to you, so the one that's far uh, further to the west. The door on that, or the opening to it, it's like a, a wooden, very ramshackle, very basically constructed hut. Um, they all three fit that description. They have a doorway. There's what almost looks like a um, like a rolled up piece of leather, or it might be other types of skin that's come from a different type of animal that's rolled up and forms a, a cover that comes over the door. That's down on the first hut, the one that's furthest to the west, the one that's in the middle, the same there. But on the one that's furthest to the east, the one that's furthest away from you, that one is rolled up and that you can see light coming from inside that one. And you, you can catch light coming around the kind of the edges of that cover on both of the other two, but that one is specifically open. Uh, there are what would be considered guards stood on the entrance to the first two. But again, that third one with the door that's open, no one goes near that. And that is pretty much all the main details of the area. I'll be close enough to see if the guards have the uh, um, markings on it. They all do, don't they? Oh, definitely. Um, taking, taking a good look at them, uh, they're fairly muscular. Uh, they're fairly tall, so they evidently look like they're kind of people that would be built for confrontation. And each of them has a machete, which is dangling from a belt. What if we work our way around behind those huts? I'm thinking that all of these people are the followers and the leaders are probably in the huts. So if we need to kill somebody, those should go first. I think we need to get dark in here, though. I think we've reached the boundaries of where we can go. Well, Dirk just needs to be somewhere where he can see those huts. Exactly. Yeah, but what can we do to well, I don't know how good a, a shot Dirk is. But he's got that spell. Yeah, that's true. We just have to keep them busy while he uses that. He needs to be in shouting distance, so he has to be heard over the bloodshed. And remember, I mean, I, you know, I obviously want to take out the leader too. But we, we have to deal with Jack. That's our main goal. We've, we've got to stop this. From good what, what if a couple of us just went in and um, made out like we were spying on them from the edge of the, uh, the cover and sort of accidentally on purpose got seen in, in the hope that they might chase after us? Because, I mean, it's not like they're going to be able to catch us. Yeah some sort of distraction but yeah we got to get Dirk into a position where he can see what he needs to see or do if they come out but yeah we could, we could probably get Dirk to hide behind some of one of those monoliths they seem large enough and then he still have sight of the hut but be hidden from view while we cause a distraction now I wonder if you can shoot Jack 
uh, and miss the eye, I'm not saying that you do it on purpose, but if you miss the eye, if you can still incapacitate him and then walk up to him and shoot him in the eye. Maybe. But the eye would be the only thing that would kill him, right? That has to be the thing that, yeah, you have to. Depends what his oh. uh, general uh, demeanor is and, and what he's capable of doing when he's incapacitated. And uh, don't forget, there's that lurker thing. It's probably going to show up, and when it does, you need to you need to tr try to use the stone and tame it, Dirk, or it's going to I think we've already make mincemeat out of us again. Lurker, Donna. No, yeah, I'm just, I know, that's what I'm saying, but if if you don't oh, want Dirk to end up the same way, right. yeah. Yeah, you, you know, could send it after King Calico. Did I assume that you've come back to report what you've seen? Yes. Yes, I think we're all just kind of talking the plan now. Right. Um, uh, how are the revelers dressed? Are they dressed? Uh, the vast majority are dressed in a fairly similar fashion to the guy that you saw coming up the coming up the trail. Evidently, he was a, a late straggler, uh, late to the party. <laughs> That uh, they're all wearing loincloths. They're all uh, mostly naked in that respect. Then, as a bare-chested, bare-legged, sandals, or some of them are barefoot. Um, some of them had ditched the loincloths entirely and were openly, um, I say, having a good time <laughs> towards the edge of the uh, towards the edge of the clearing. And cutting uh, themselves and killing themselves in the process. Uh, Thomas and Pierre, they're, they're still stealthed with Dirk, right? Yes. Are they still with uh, us? Okay. They are kind of wide eyed and looking all around. Yeah. So, um, Pierre, Thomas, uh, do you think so? Uh, the clearing where the pools are is in front of us. Mm -hmm. We want to go around to the north side, perhaps. Uh, because the um, the chiefs of this revel are their huts on the north side, um, and I'm wondering if we want to disrupt things with some of our smaller explosives, uh, or of course the important thing is the man who has a true third eye has to be shot in the third eye and he can't die any other way so you could shoot him in the foot to slow him down but if yeah. he gets his head cut off then it's not going to stop this madness it's only going to worsen they know um, uh, yeah, i was i was me, thinking yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, talk to the spirits again excuse me <laughs> i was thinking dirk we could maybe have them disguise themselves as cultists and then after the bombs get set off, you know, they try to, you know, blend in until they see Jack. And, you know, if we can't, if you can't take Jack out, you know, they do it. And then if, you know, use that same camouflage to blend in and use the chaos to get out of here. Uh, you know, that's their best bet if they want to, you know, make it back to Senegal for the pay is to disguise themselves. I think it'd be quite hard to hide a gun if you're wearing nothing but a loincloth. That's my only concern. Mm. Or maybe they're just pleased to see us. I mean, I feel like Sorry. it would not be hard to get a lot of blood on your person. And once you're bloody, you're going to look like you're part of the crowd. Although the eye thing, is this, is this like clay or blood or? 
How's that painted on? Maybe a face paint or um, almost makeup. Hmm. Yeah, because that's the thing that I think would make you stand out is if you didn't. So once we once we once we popped the hots with a couple of sticks of dynamite, interrupting the festivities. If you could blend in with the crowd, then because I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm likely to stick out. Uh, and I'm going to try to stop the the giant monster in the in the pools. We don't think Jack might be in a hut. He might we do. Be. Jack might be in the hut, but we don't expect to kill him with a couple sticks of dynamite. We expect right. to okay. open up that party, get them out of hiding. I see. And then I can try to work on Calico. You certainly didn't see anything that would be monstrous enough to be resembling this host that Jack has become. Right now, I think I think Calico's in one hut, and and Jackson another. And the question is, why the door in the third one is open? But you couldn't see anything inside it, right? Just light. How's my forehead feel? Um, it's fine for the moment Good. because of your uh, horrible scorpion juice that you've drunk. Oh I man, have, that stuff backs up on you. Well, I have a question. Well, yeah. I mean, I didn't, but. I did. Um, question. Kind of going back to maybe a question we asked before. If Dirk was able to see the front of the huts, would we be able to go over by the huts and see what's in the huts? If he got maybe a, diff a few different views at different angles from there, then you might you might be able to. But again, I think these I think a lot of these goons will see you. They have entered a, a phase. I mean, if the if the guy who got who was late to the lodge meeting could see you, then the ones who are in a frenzy are probably very attuned to maybe this. But these people don't seem to be like on security detail. They just seem to be dancing around fucking and I wonder if we south. went to the south instead of the north and the three of us just shot the bodyguards across the revelry. They'd probably just keep dancing, right? Yeah, may, not, may not be noticed for a while. You'd be probably having to get a good degree of elevation to pull off a shot like that because you are going to be uh, firing over a crowd of about two, three hundred people. Right. Um, it's not impossible, but you would have to climb up a tree. There's a jungle canopy. Well, I assume that, uh, you know, if if uh, we lost Francois, but Pierre was second in command of Senegal's legion, he's got some military smarts. Mm -hmm. um, so, Pierre, do you have an opinion about a road of attack? He's looking at what's uh, well, not looking because he hasn't gone up and looked himself, but yeah. taking in what you're what you're telling him. Um, he says that it's going to be difficult either way, um, and a, an approach from behind and then attacking the guards coming from like round the huts might be possible, but you would have to drag them back out of sight just as quick as your attacks made. So that's going to involve someone that has a lot of stealth and is very good with a, with a knife or some other form of attacking. 
the the shot across the across the clearing again is possible but the problem you face there is that a it's going to have to be a tree that's fairly close to the edge of the clearing so again you've got to be fairly stealthy getting up the tree taking your shots and then coping with the fact you're going to be potentially rushed by a lot of people that are going to serve that potentially hear where that shot comes from because they're going to be right up close to you at the bottom of the tree because that fills that clearing um that's almost going to be a you get one chance to shoot before you're rushed by this swarm of cultists beneath you couldn't um what if we spread out and several of us uh dead folks um fired on them and then someone up a tree took the shot uh Pierre, what if I could suggest that we had a strong potential for distraction when I spend send my uh, spirit friends into the crowd to alarm them? And then we maybe pop the huts with a couple of sticks of dynamite, and then we go for the principles. Mm -hmm. You had yeah, four bags. Oh, sorry. You had four bags with dynamite. If you snuck around and on two of the huts you put two bags and timed them that would blow probably blow holes through that shard sending wood shattering through the entire thing hopefully yeah, but we can't um, kill jack that way no but if jack's is, is in the hut and huge would he fit in the hut we know he's monstrous we don't know he's huge senegal's brother's skull was human sized well we could still Place two, you have four satchels, so you got two. Place them at the back of the five. two huts. Four, right? Five. Oh, all right. Anyway, place two, two or three satchels, one in each building on a timer. We could always stop it, then cause a distraction. And we'll say, and maybe one of us sneak in to see what's in the huts as in our ghost form. If we figure out what's in there and it's not Jack then just blow them, and then you could start shooting. Eliminate the leaders. A lot to have happen. Yeah, and the um, other reason we brought so much dynamite was because we wanted to take these monoliths out so that this doesn't keep recurring. Yeah, but if we live to get through this all, we could go back and get more dynamite and come back and release. If we live, Mr. Sterling. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. We, we yeah. Um, the revelers... Are they armed with machetes or just those guards? They do, if you have a look around them. There's probably about half of them which are carrying weaponry. Um, they're, but they're not quite as uh, big and powerful as machetes for the most part. You'd reckon of that half that are carrying weapons, about half of them, so a quarter of the total, probably carrying knives. Others are carrying machetes and what even look like sabers in a couple of instances. And regardless, they all have a knife that they've been cutting their throats with. I mean, a stone. You know that the least cuts. I'm I'm hoping that whatever we do causes them to kind of panic and scatter. <clears throat> um, but their state of mind, they might not do that at all. Yeah, that's what happened when half of our troops got at 
Uh, I think these are more like ants if you attack the queen. Why don't we sneak up behind those huts and set them on fire? That's not crazy. I they're going to run can. out of the huts. Do if, we think this one is this is risky? I admit, but do you think you could summon that monster again and have them attack the people here? That would definitely cause pandemonium. Wipe them out. See if you can call it. Make it. I feel like it's out. a risk, but I didn't maybe. get a name. Uh, Baka? No. No, not the. Oh. Not, no, the, 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 lurk- the things lurker? that came down out of the sky. Or something like that? Yes, but it, if it's... The lurkers in the pits, yeah. I mean, I could walk out there and just hold the stone up high and say, I am now the host. Uh, I have a feeling that that, that uh, Calico and Jack would be offended by that. And it might take a little bit to sway the masses. Yeah, you know? and you're the only one alive. We should probably endeavor to keep you that way. Ideally. <laughs> so, uh, it seems like the sniper across the field idea is too iffy. Well, we have three people that can shoot guns and have it hit people. We can possess you and shoot the gun. Well, that's um, not the problem. I'm a perfectly good shot. The problem is that you can't physically shoot people. But no, you can maybe shoot, ghost shoot these. What if we? What if we take my, over one of these dead yeah. bodies that have slit their throats? My, my goal is that the when, when the st- shit starts going crazy, the first, you know, like one of the first people that, that we take out, I'm gonna try to take over. No, well, we already no, got plenty of people that yeah, are dead. Wait, yeah, but is now. that gonna work with the slit throat? I don't know how this works. Let's um, let's, let's uh, okay, parent yeah, Thomas. Let's give it a go. I would like us to move quietly through the jungle to the north, uh, near the huts, but not quite behind them. And we're going to stay as covered as we can. Is the is the ceremonial area torchlit? Oh, yes, there is countless torches lighting up this area. Good, because that makes the jungle look very dark when you're in around firelight. So we're going to creep up toward the edge. Uh, my invisible friends that you yep. now believe in, are going to try to, uh, they're going to try something, and then we'll know how to act a little bit more from that. Uh, in the meantime, we can, while we're moving quietly, we can get ready to, I think, just unwrap two of the smaller dynamite packets, because I, or one of the three packs, if we put one stick behind each hut, mm-hmm. uh, dynamite does pop on impact or doesn't? Yes. TNT is stable. Dynamite is not. Right. So if we actually hurl them, there's a reasonable chance it'll just pop. Possibly, yeah. If you we shoot just, we... it, it will, but oh, if yeah. you throw it... Um, yeah, what? Well, no, we dynamite. That's that's one of the reasons why dynamite eventually got replaced by TNT. It's good. Yeah, because you can drop it. It'll, you you can have it. It badly. It a buckboard full a, of it in and a hit hot, a rock. In a hot, humid environment like this it would be unstable wouldn't it sure yeah the nitroglycerin leaks out of the sticks but to get it to go off an impact it's not i wouldn't use it wouldn't it's not flawless it could could we have fuses so i just think we should prepare for a grenade like response if necessary 
each of, each of us has a stick on on hand and a short fuse we can question for the gm when you were describing what we were seeing you mentioned like a pile of skulls are these three-eyed skulls no it looks like that the way they've been obtained is that they started off as normal people uh, or normal victims of the cult but then the cult have ceremonially smashed us a third hole into the skull okay because i was going to say what if what if killing jack is the trigger you know what if but if that's the case then never mind well, remember no, I. Yeah, Senegal's brother is is a good template, but Senegal didn't make it out in you know with enough force to to smash these monoliths and destroy this little sub civilization of evil. Okay, so Thomas Beer, we're gonna take uh, we're gonna stealthily cross, prepare some dynamite. And we'll see what happens with uh, my riders, and if they can uh, provide reinforcements. And friends, if each of you approach one of these corpses at the edge, maybe just bef- you know to the as we're going clockwise toward the huts. If at eleven o'clock, you approach. First of all, see whether you're seen right away. And how that works, right? And if you're not immediately perceived and assaulted or worshipped, because who the hell knows? See if you can move one of those um, recent. I mean, a lot of these bodies are going to be warm. Maybe you can. Maybe you can actually take part. Any last thoughts? I'd say keep keep the summoning idea in your back pocket if things just go south really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to try to commune with the stone for sure. <laughs> you, you use whatever will listen to you can, and you can against them. <laughs> Before that, can we take a five minute break? Sounds like a good place. Yeah. Uh, so the plan is, everybody's comfortable with it, we're going to prepare three sticks of loose dynamite, approach the canopy, and then we're going to wait until I hear from my uh, friends. Okay, well, they can easily take apart one of the bundles that's got three in it, so that's no problem. So you have three individual sticks, and you move around towards <clears throat> the uh, the north north side, so near to where the huts are. And because it's fairly thick, this is not going to be something that you rush into. Uh, so it's not like you're going to run around there. This is going to take a good degree of time to be stealthy. Uh, I won't ask for stealth rolls because it can be just methodically and patiently going round. But what I will ask for is a luck roll. So whoever has the lowest luck. Still at 49. Nope. My luck is now at 36. So. Oh. I you defer to your inferior luck, then, uh, for the first time. I in the spent game. it. <laughs> I got a 30. Exactly. Right. In which case, it doesn't look as though whatever is going on down there 
is changing. In other words, no other developments have taken place in their ceremonial activities. Jesus, the pools. Oh, all right. Um, as soon as you can report back from your attempts to enter the bodies, we can try to figure out whether we have a plan. All right, let's do this. <laughs> Right, there are plenty of corpses around here. Some of them that are on the really like the periphery of the clearings, that look as though they've evidently bled out, but they are not. Uh, they've not been trampled, so they are still otherwise intact. So, those of you that want to try and possess, give me a power roll. One on the edge of the clearing. Here we go. Okie dokie. The hard success. Ooh, 31. That's a hard. 64. Uh, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I got a 42. I'm gonna spend the two luck to make it hard. <laughs> okay. So, readings, uh, if I managed to get that uh, all right, we've got Amy, Donna, and Guy all got hards, but James and Sean either didn't succeed or. A regular. I didn't succeed. Okay. In which case, James and Sean, you're kind of looking and just forcing and trying to focus your will on doing this, but it's just you're not connecting with, with it. Maybe you just you haven't got the knack, as it were. Um, Amy, Donna, and Guy, uh, you can each cross off 1d6 magic points. Magic. Four, six. One. Four. Okay. And you feel yourselves that little bit of bungee cord almost turn itself around and you are sucked into the body lying on the ground. Uh, the world around you starts to lose colour. It's almost as if you're looking through a monochrome lens that everything starts to turn to black and white around you as you realize you're looking through lifeless eyes looking from the ground up to this burning sky above you full of stars and still the occasional little wiggling black line with its one wing floating can, between can i still see um sterling and o'neill if you turn well, I presumably you're looking for oh, okay, so the two that haven't possessed. Mm, right. Um, yeah, if you turn your head, which takes a little bit of effort, it's a, not stiff, a rigor hasn't set in, but it's getting to know this new body, so stretching the neck and being able to move the muscles how you want to move them. Um, you look back to the tree line and you can just about see where they are trying to hide themselves, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to take a moment to to um, familiarize myself with this new skin suit. <laughs> and uh, was was there a? Um, did we arrange a signal for us to begin distracting? <laughs> I, I don't think we had the foresight to do so, because uh, I think we were expecting sort of a report back kind of feeling. Uh, 
I guess we'll figure out a way to give the high sign. I'll I'll look to to Sean and just sort of give him a wink from my new body, like ah, it worked. Yeah, those of us on the on the edge of the jungle, looking out at this field of corpses, and I watched you guys move out into it and lie down. So I get a sense, I think, of activity partial success and it's so creepy <laughs> in fact as dirk is looking around uh so looking at this as you say this field of corpses give me a spot hidden roll oh, 96 okay nope you're fine you, you, you see those three move Um, and then, yeah, I wish we'd made a further plan. I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to keep here and Thomas watching and see what my ghost friends do with their new bodies. Bodies. Oh, completely down to them. I can't, uh, I can't seem to get into my body. So, uh, any other, Maybe can I, could just... can I try to take a look inside the hut by walking in front of it? You can get you call the minute you're behind it uh, you have seen the front of it so you have an idea of where it is are you just going to walk around the corner and try and have a look inside i'll try to be a little sneaky about it in case somebody can see me but i don't i want to if 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 dirt can see the front of the huts then well you're behind them at the moment but you have seen the front of them from where you previously were yeah. Um, another option is because these are only constructed of bare bits of wood um, from the back you can still see there are gaps in ah. the construction you could potentially go just go to the back and then peer inside yeah if i notice that i'm going to try to poke peek inside okay and approaching from the back because no one is going near these huts so you, it's not like you have to stealth stealth past anyone to get uh, get right. to them you can pretty much almost just walk up to the back of them um which one are you looking in first? Well, let's see. You said the far one was lit up. The door was open. Get the one that's think, furthest to the east. I think, and can we see light coming through the cracks in these, all three of them? All three. Okay. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go to the one that had the open front door and peek in the back first. Okay. Give me a spot hidden roll. I'm going to ask for an extreme success. No, I got a 49. Okay, when you, you get all the way up to it and you find there's a, a nice gap. The weird thing is, it looks like the, the, the hut is completely empty, apart from there are four stakes, uh, one in each corner of the room where there's uh, basically like a burning torch on the end of each one. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, the, the ground here, it's kind of sandy and it's raked completely level. So it's almost featureless. There's nothing else in here. So I, I say over to Dirk, I'm like, this one's empty. Um, now, if I, if I were to try to uh, go back and blend it with some of the revelers and, you know, just sort of dance with them from a... F would I be able to look into the huts from afar through the open door? 
Yeah. All right. Then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to risk it. I'm going to try to sort of, you know, act natural and sort of mimic, you know, what they're doing and sort of make my way back into the group um, to a point where I could see, sort of look in from afar. Okay. Um, give me a luck roll. All right. Uh, this is a 30, which is a success. Okay. Cause I'm currently at 56, 56. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. You, you start working away through the, uh, working away through the crowd. Uh, you can give me your choice of, yeah, spot hidden or psychology. Oh, uh, okay. I think my spot hidden is slightly higher. Ah, uh, shit. Ah. Uh, you know what? I think this is the session. To, I'm going to spend 15 luck, go down to 41 to make that a success. To make creeping me to get, the, ever, yeah. Creeping ever closer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, you are able to uh, move through the crowd, and even though you have this big gaping wound in your neck, yeah, <laughs> people aren't really bothered. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but yeah, you're able to get to the uh, get to a vantage point where you can see the front of each of these huts. I mean, you can see the guards on the first two, so the one that's furthest west, the one that's in the middle, the one that's to the east, which is completely unguarded. Uh, you can see through the open doorway and moving back and forth a little bit, you can get a good good angle on it. You can also attempt to spot hidden roll, but it is an extreme success that you require. All right. Uh, no, it's a 99. <laughs> the opposite of what I needed. <laughs> as far as you can tell, it's an empty hut. Empty huts. As as described. Um, while, while that's going on, I'm, I'm also can just not intending to have a look in there, but just getting ready for the distraction. Just um, I'm going to start ambling towards the, uh, the huts, the general area of the huts walking okay. as best as I can. I am very much aware of the fact that I might be walking in a way that suggests that I'm about to start shouting, putting on the ribs! But... <laughs> hey, uh, you could give me Hopefully a... people will just think I'm drunk. <laughs> you can give me a luck roll as well. Nope! Ah, okay. Right, in which case, you start working away through the crowd... And as you're stumbling and moving awkwardly, um, you bump into uh, a figure that stood in the crowd that's uh, almost completely unlike everyone else around them that's dancing and moving and uh, moving and writhing with the crowd. Uh, this person is stood kind of almost kind of arms limp beside them and facing away from you. You bump into the back of them. Uh, as Pardon. they turn around, oh, go on. Pardon. <laughs> this this figure turns round, eyes rolled back in their head. This huge gaping cut across the front of them, uh, blood having spewed down the front. Uh, you are confronted. Uh, you are face to face with a walking corpse. Can you give me a sanity roll? Do I get a bonus dice for this, given that I'm also a walking corpse? <laughs> <laughs> you are more of the sentient uh, variety, where this, this one is the <laughs> But I, I will buy right. it. I'm, I'm a walking corpse as well. Look, local 461. <laughs> Join the club. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll give you a bonus oh, dice. Oh, well, I've rolled a three again anyway. I didn't need a bonus <laughs> dice. 
these these guys really throw out a lot of threes, don't they? Well, it goes in keeping with the three eye sockets you see. Gonna, oh, these, yeah. I'm going to have these commemorated in perspex, these dice. They're wonderful. <laughs> uh, evidently, zombies do not uh, do not phase you at all. So while this thing kind of bears its teeth and almost like growls at you, you just walk on or stagger through the crowd and it just turns and watches you leave before uh, other revelers pass in between you and well, now, having seen that though, I'm I'm going to start sort of emulating its behaviour a little, mm-hmm. you know, and just sort of you know, if anyone comes near, if anyone does get too near me, I'll start rolling my eyes up. Okay, uh, the way to pass yourself off, if that comes about, will be your choice of an acting, dancing, acting, uh, or art craft acting, or persuade. Role. Yeah, it'll be okay. persuade. Yeah, um, <laughs> it'll be persuade because the other one is five. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was reading the list of skills in the. Uh, I just quite like the idea of just acting very badly. <laughs> <laughs> just, just put your arm up like that and move forward for Bella Lugosi. Oh, are <laughs> doing thriller instead. <laughs> Little. <laughs> yeah, sixty years too early. <laughs> Right, but at the minute, no one is no one is questioning you at this time. But you are prepped and ready. Should that uh, should that be the case, um, you can get towards the huts. Are you are you wanting to have a look in as well, or was was that your? If if, if I, I yeah, I think I will actually. I'll just I'll because I'll just stand there, sort of you know the same posture, sort of arms limp by my sides, and I'll just stand around and uh, I'll see if I can align myself with one of the gaps and, and have a have a have a squint okay give me that extra uh, that extreme spot hidden roll see if those dice can give you another three. Oh, come on they've given me an eight. Oh, okay I've got I've got moody dice <laughs> there is something going I should I change my dice because I think these dice might no be no no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey don't look a gift horse in the mouth your winners are win this, this this blue dice, this is just relentlessly throwing zeros. <laughs> it's hey, I'll say great. Take, take it. Right. Uh, in which case, you have a look in the room. Maybe it's the angle that you're looking at. Maybe it's that you're just in the right place. But not quite in the middle of the room, but towards the middle. The air doesn't seem the same as the air around it that if anything it almost looks like the very faintest of heat shimmers and at this angle you can see that it's almost like a rectangular monolith is stood in the middle of the room completely made of air that is just very slightly shifting almost as if it was a very near invisible doorway I haven't got a clue what it is that I'm looking at. Well, you say that. Uh, You've got a degree of Cthulhu mythos, I believe. I have. You can give me a roll if you want. This this is the bit where I don't get a good dice roll. I guarantee that. Oh, 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 I was right. 95. 
You're right, you don't and have my a Cthulhu I, Mythos I is ten. Ones. There you are. It's I've broken the dice now. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> or I fixed them, depending on how you look at it. Just realigning slightly. Yep, yeah, that's you, it. You are, you are correct. You have no idea what this thing is, but you can see there is definitely something there. It's damn weird, whatever it is. What's the rest of you doing? I'm going to go to the next hut and try to peek in. Okay, so that was middle the five. eastern one that they've been looking at. So you're going to the middle one. Right. Uh, again, give me a spot hidden one, but this one you just need to give me a regular. Sixty-five out of sixty. I'll spend five luck points. Okay. You have to then probably move between a couple of different gaps again, trying to get a good view of what's inside. Uh, this one looks furnished. So there is what looks to be rugs or carpets that have been put down on the floor. Um, there's what might be tapestries or some kind of skins that are maybe hung from the sea, um, hung from the walls on the left and the right, but not the back, uh, that have been daubed in something that could be paint or blood. It's hard to, hard to say which. Um, again, torches that are positioned around the room. And then it's almost because it's so close that you miss it until it moves that you realize that it's not actually a piece of furniture that's right in front of you that's on the other side of the wall uh, that's blocking your view because it moves uh, lying on a bed against what would be the back wall of the hut so the one that's furthest away from the door is a bloated figure that resembles a reptilian humanoid. Uh, the hands are almost webbed. The feet are almost webbed. The thing is completely naked. Uh, there's still hints of human anatomy otherwise, besides the hands and the feet. I mean, there's this long uh, protrusion at the front, say, from the, uh, from the groin that's uh, been st almost stretched. The face is long, almost snout-like, like it's big, almost like a crocodile. But even so, it just rolls over almost, almost as if it's in a, um, almost as if it's asleep. But the eyes open, and what little piece of Jack still exists looks out from two almost vaguely humanoid eyes. Uh, you can give me a sanity check, please. Eighty-one. That is a fail. Failure for seeing the host is D ten. Do I do an intelligence roll? Well, depending on how much you... Uh, oh, yeah, that's you... right. <laughs> I'm looking for my team. <laughs> Hiding in plain sight. Oh, I got two. There you go. No int roll needed. So you're fine for the minute. But I immediately back up and I go over to where Dirk is. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> have I seen some of them disappear? see them almost when they go into the bodies it's almost as if they crawl inside them 
Mm-hmm. Uh, or as if they're just crawling up to them. From, from their perspective, it's just they focus and it's just their sheer act of will that then they find themselves looking up from the ground. Um, you see them almost crawl into the mouths of these bodies that are laying down on the ground. And the, and the couple that were unsuccessful I have seen creeping around. Yeah, they kind of try to go over to bodies and kind of look at them intently, but nothing really happens. And so... Am I... Is there a send check for that? Yeah, I think there will be. It just seems fair. It just, oh, well, I rolled a five, so waste that roll. Now we know who stole that. <laughs> does does the, the body I've possessed, is it, um, is it armed? I mean, obviously it's got arms, but I mean, has it got a weapon? Well, it's definitely got the sharp stone, which you could use at a push. You'd basically grab hold of it and slice with it. Um, there are plenty of bodies to choose from, so if you wanted one that was armed, you can have yeah. one that's armed. Right. Yes. I, I think I'd choose one that had a machete. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's enough going around. Yeah. Sure. Dirk, 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 Dirk. Sean, what did you see? I, I, I saw you look in the, in the, through the huts. That's, it's Jack in there, but. Uh, M- middle, middle hut is Jack? And he's been deformed. He looks like a lizard thing, lizard man. With a third eye. With a third eye. Um, he's like a monster. Um. So, uh, you know, I miss being able to talk to you all at once. Um, do did the others say anything about what they want to do? No, I'm, he's he's almost he's like asleep on the bed. You okay. almost walk in there and pop him in the forehead. Um. You didn't find a body, and I, I couldn't get in. And Sterling, this is, I, I'll walk back over because I couldn't. And get And James no didn't find a body. Um, but he's been completely deformed into a monster. You don't even want to see not Jack. I'm sure of it. Uh, here's what I think we should do. The two of you who are visible only to some should go to that altar and make a commotion and distract most of the crowd. And I'll try to get the humans behind this hut. And if we shoot Jack through that eye, which we could do even through the through the slatted wall, maybe. So then the whole thing's going to collapse. Right. Now, if Jack is in the, that one, you know the leader's in the other. Calico must be in, yeah. Set off the dynamite on a, a two-minute fuse and a, or minute fuse and then walk in and, and take care of Jack while you're taking care of him. Hopefully it gets rid of Calico. Yeah, I, don't, I, I mean, I, I feel like if, if you have, if you can make... I shot with Jack's former body, then you can snipe him. If we, once explosions start happening, then we don't have any surprise. I'm saying put it for like two minutes on that little clock. 
and then walk in and get and just walk into Jack's room and pull the trigger. Pierre, do you feel good with the timer? A notes. All right. So we'll if if you're comfortable with first we try to assassinate Jack through the back wall, right? Because it's not a solid try. But you know, if if you if you can if you can make eye contact, you could also make bullet contact. Yeah. As long as he's not like rolls. When I first saw him, he just rolled over on his side. Then he rolled onto his back on his side. Tap the wall, he'll turn over. And he would recognize you, too. He wouldn't recognize me. And he was seeing your ghost. You're not solid. Fuck's sake. Um, Is this the hut with the two guards in front of it? One of the two huts with guards. Ah, right. Right. The okay. three, the, there are three, and two of them are closed, and they both have guards. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure if you went up to the back and looked through the slat, if he wasn't facing you, if you did a little tap, his head might turn and you could just. Yeah. Well, actually, Mr. Sterling, as his father, you could probably uh, get his attention more than anybody else could. I, I can't physically touch anything. No, I know. But like, neither could Sean, but he turned to look at Sean. All right. Right, but they can't. Well, I don't think he turned to look at me. I think he just turned over. Oh, he's I don't struck. think he saw me at all. Okay. I don't know. Well, I could try calling his name quietly. Just shoot the fucker. Yeah. Set the um, charge and shoot the fucker. Sorry, uh, it's not your son anymore. I know. Well, and whatever part of your son there is wants to release, not more of this. Let's just do this. Hey, well, this discussion's going on. What are the uh, three, the three wannabe zombies doing? Just trying to blend into the <laughs> yeah. Fray. Yeah, I, th I think we're trying to blend in. I'm, I'm trying to get in a position that, you know, when the, like, maybe when the leader or when, you know, the guards start moving, you know, I can try to intercept some of them and, you know, help yeah, the others. Yeah, just kind of keeping an eye on the tents because yeah. we don't really have a sign. So it's just kind right. of, like, look I'm at just the sort tents, of waiting for also... an <laughs> Yeah, I'm waiting for an explosion or the leader to run out or the guards to run somewhere, and that's what I'm going to run in. Okay. Well, in which case... Uh... Have you got down to being party luck roll yet, then, Donna? Who's oh, I am at. Oh no, I'm I'm at forty one still. So I think it's still Sean, right? Is he at thirty six? Oh, do I do a party roll for them? Uh, this is the group because it's uh, oh, stuff that's happening. Yeah, I'm worse now than I was a minute ago. I'm at uh, thirty one. Uh, fifty two. Right, in which All case, right. uh, proceedings advance with the amount of time that you have uh, you have spent moving around the crowd and deciding what to do. Uh, the the three, um, as the uh, the chat's remarkably well put, uh, zonobies uh, <laughs> uh, are mingling through the crowd. You can notice that the two guards at the front of the t uh, the hut that no one has gone near yet, uh, the one that's furthest west, they roll up. The front flap 
and a figure walks out with a evident degree of author- an air of authority. Uh, he's a black man with rippling muscles. He's incredibly well built and just seems to radiate power. Um, he's carrying a few th- uh, a few things. He's got this uh, stone that looks very much like the sharp stone that's around Kessler's neck, hanging around his. Again, with a very um, roughly cut edge, but you don't think it's sharp as such. So as uh, Mama Josephine said, it looks like it's been cut from the same material, but it doesn't look as though it's been sharpened. Um, he also has a ceremonial knife that you can see hanging off a uh, hanging off a belt, and yeah, he he's dressed in the way that radiates that he is some kind of chief or some kind of um, authority figure. He's got this kind of headdress that he's wearing that has feathers coming off of it. He's got a necklace of teeth as well uh, um, that hangs alongside stone on his uh, the stone on his front. And he looks around the crowd, also like surveying his followers as he moves forward towards the altar. What are people doing? I'm going to move like kind of toward the altar myself. Yeah. Still like with the crowd trying to like blend in, not with purpose or anything like that, just kind of easing over. Yeah, I'm going to get as close as I can to, to him while still being in the crowd. And keeping an eye on those tents, but kind of trying to split, split where I'm looking a little bit. No, nothing else is happening over at the huts. Okay. So that's uh, that whenever you flick back, there's nothing else happening. Uh, right, right. I just over. know that's where everyone is. So I'm just trying to like. <laughs> What's Guy doing? I'm I'm gonna just sort of I'm not specifically heading to the altar. I'm just gonna allow myself to get pulled along and, and sort of lost in the crowd. Okay, which case then, as Amy and Donna are focusing on Calico going towards the centre, and then they're splitting their attention back towards the huts. Uh, Guy can give me a spot hidden. Twenty-six, which is just a standard. Okay, uh, you can see then as you're being, uh, as you said, going with the flow of the crowd, uh, that there are other bodies laying on the ground which are starting to get up and various undead figures throughout the crowd are starting to do well, exactly the same thing. They're slowly coming towards the middle, forming a ring around the altar. Okey-dokey. Um, um, are you doing anything in reaction to that? Yeah, I'm. I'm going to head towards where the the undead um, are going. I mean, I presumably look like one of them. Um, oh yeah, the, the whole I'm undead, basically. So yeah, I'll I'll just go and start arms limp by my sides just to try and emulate their walk as much as I as I can head towards where they are right you are deliberately attempting to blend in I, yeah uh, I am you, you can give me your choice of what either of those three uh, skill checks well I'm gonna go for persuade because I mean the the art uh, the acting one would basically just be a comedy role 
So let's go for persuade. Oh, I got 55 out of 60. So it's just a regular pass. Is that enough? Yep, you are fine. You are very much emulating the dead. Uh, even a couple is, of maybe this dragging. is this is a scene in from Shaun of the Dead, surely. And you move on forward. Amy and Donna, can you give me your choice of well? Actually, isn't so much of a choice. Uh, stealth is pretty much your best. All right. <laughs> uh, ooh, 27. I think that's a regular. 15. Yes. Regular that success. Is... Turn 15. That's a hard. Okay. Uh, you are being discreet enough that you're not getting right up in his face uh, because he is looking around and he is surveying the area around him and particularly the undead that he is drawing towards him. So it's not like he suddenly realises, hang on a minute, what are those two doing different to the uh, to the rest? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. Charleston. Why didn't I... Why, didn't I... <laughs> why is that one doing the running man? <laughs> <laughs> yep. So at the minute you are in the area not too far away from him but he hasn't spotted anything particularly wrong about how you're moving and in this area around the altar he seems to be uh, dancing with other members of the cult which the way that you're again, picking up on body language this seems to be almost like he's in a circle that he is dancing with those immediately beneath him in the hierarchy so this is where, the, as I said, the inner circle is the, the higher echelon of the cult of the floating horror. He is working his way in a series of intricate dances with each one going round the altar, which has still got a relatively open bit of space around it now that it seems that because he has deliberately gone out there to do this, other lower peons are moving back and giving space and then just the wall of dead, which is giving them say a little bit of separation the one that's living and the other two non non zombified at the edge of the clearing what are you doing um i think now that i can see calico i need to try to cast a spell and then send uh, the others actively into the fray don't you want to just try and shoot jack first and then do that because he can command maybe he could, could send jack after us i we don't can know I... what's going to happen how can i hear you who, who, who among you can i hear I feel so lonely in my skull now that you're not all. You can't hear us. Same room. Can, he can hear you. So the three oh. of you can still talk. Yeah. Yeah, we're right here with you. Um. Yeah, I mean, I got uh, the most important thing is that I get the shot right. If this is the best chance, then I'll take it. But I don't feel like that's possible. You know what I mean? I feel like Calico can still stop it if I 
miss or uh, if I'm um, spotted. Is there a way that I can, you know, guarantee a, a sneaky position to snipe Jack? Well, you've, you've had plenty of time to have a look at the back of the hut and say Sean went over to it. Yeah. Um, there's definitely room to get the barrel of a gun through one of those gaps. Uh, the key thing will be, as actually Sean has already uh, foreshadowed, whether you have direct line of sight to that third eye. But there might be, as you say, a way to convince him to roll over if he's uh, if he has shifted position again. Right. And then where is James? I was going to try and call him. Maybe you could tap on the, the wood and I'll call Jack, Jack Sterling. It'll turn and... I'll even... Let, yeah, let me... I'll come, I'll come up to the back of this hut and work on the lattice and my... 45 and then you can come and call your son right so we can he can look at the place that he has to look do you want me to run out into the crowd and make a ruckus if i can what do you want uh, me to do maybe keep an eye and see if any of the guards don't come back towards us be our eyes on the front of the hut I mean, I can tell you they're coming or not, but let's see. It must be hard to only be able to talk when you've been a man of presence your whole life. I mean, I think differently than you do. I would think, Mr. S Mr. Kessler, you could walk around to the front end of the, the hut and put two bullets in their brains before they could even get out of the way and then walk in the hut and shoot Jack in the, in the, in the eye. It'll make noise. Yeah, but then it's done. They, they they can't get from way over there back to this hut in the couple of seconds that it would take to kill him. If this were made of out of cinder blocks, we'd have no other choice. But since it's uh, you know a cabin in the woods, yeah, I think you should shoot him through the back if you can. Yeah. Um, in any case, I don't think we're all getting out of this alive anyway. So. It's a matter of you just guys keep saying this stuff like you you're not I'm sorry we're not as as a as a as a zombie i i take issue with this beta normative language yeah heartbeats are relevant yeah. i mean um, the zombies our zombie friends out there could just jump up and cut what's his name's throat before he realizes that they're zombies that they're not zombies. I think if we can uh, kill Jack with some cells, then we can maybe stop Calico. We have to we stop keep, both of them. If we keep talking, Calico is going to finish the ceremony before. Yeah, we yeah, we're just going to do it. So, wooden slat back door, distract him, make him look this way. You can do it, you're his dad. Jack Sterling. Jack Sterling. Sounds like the two of you are going to the back. What's Sean doing? Well, they didn't tell me what they wanted me to do. I think I'm just standing here watching. Okay, so you're keeping you're keeping an eye out then. Yeah. Because one of you 
is physically there, i.e. Dirk, give me a stealth roll so you can get to the back of the hut. <coughs> Excuse me. He's uh, shocked to silence. Our regular success. 47. Right, you're fine. You get to the back of the hut without being seen. Likewise, James gets there. And, and actually, I call it like Jackie. Like he was when he was a kid. Jackie, it's your dad. You can see it. You can see him stirring and moving. Definitely, he hears something because you can hear he's moving his head. He's looking away from you at this point. Jack, turn around. It's your dad. Please, son, listen to me. Mm. I have the stone now. I have the stone. Give me a persuade roll for Mr. Sterling. A persuade? Yep. Oh, freaking four. Hey! Right. In which case, you see almost the ears, almost like a rabbit's. They they perk and they twist and like, un, like unnaturally like a human ear wouldn't do. And slowly he turns himself over and rolls over on his side. And you can see up close and personal to the uh, the gaps in the wood. Uh, the gaps in these beams that he looks through the cracks towards you with eyes that are almost even before your own shifting from what would once be a human eye to something more reptilian and he just emits this low moan almost like a whimper or cry and just tears of blood start flowing out from the corner of his eyes and you can tell that he sees you and he hears you and he knows who you are. I know, Jackie, it's going to be okay. Just don't move. Just just look at me and be still. You can see one clawed hand go up to the wood, uh, the wooden panel on the other side as if he's I, trying to, trying to make contact. My hand goes to where his is. Right, yeah, you, you managed to put your hand on the other side of the wood where his clawed hand now is. And Dirk sounds Shoots like him right through the third eye. Okay. I'm not going to ask for, uh, well, no, I will ask for a skill check and I will give you a bonus die because there is the chance that the gun could jam. Oh. Dice on the floor. Terrible thing. Quick, it's trying to get away from you. (laughs) (laughs) Or trying to escape. Fine, 41. Unnecessary dramatic 41 from the floor. Okay. In which case, roll damage. This one D ten. This is. I think it was the forty-five. I was using so one D ten plus two, three. Okay. Uh, there is an almighty blam. 
and it just means that it isn't an outright uh, instantaneous death, but you still shoot him through the eye, the third eye. Uh, the gunshot rings out into the crowd, mm-hmm. kind of across the clearing, uh, through the gap in the uh, in the wood in the wooden slats. Uh, James can see his son jerk back this hole in his head and just this whimpering cry as he tries just his mouth opens unnaturally wide as he starts to try and scream maybe as a reflex his clawed hand just snaps through the wood to try and grasp yours one last time as he falls onto the ground and it isn't a quick and it isn't a uh, painless death you can see what's left of your son wriggling and writhing in his death death throes uh, you can give me a sanity check for seeing your uh, son go out in a horrible way. And I failed that. Okay, that would be a d6, please. Six points. Okay, how would you like to flip out? Well, in fact, give me the give me the int roll just to see if you do manage to keep it together otherwise. Uh, I passed that. Oh, no. Yeah, I passed that extreme. Yeah, um, yeah, so you, you can't be cold-hearted I about this. Crumble, no, I wasn't. Even, I crumble to the floor and just whimper, just All slide right. down the wall, and and just almost. I don't hear anything going on around me, and just let it out. Tears flowing down my face. All right, you you start crying, uh, Dirk. You don't have the emotional attachment here, so you don't have to make that sand check, but. Well, actually, give me a sand check for seeing the the host. Yeah, and and failing terrible. Uh, although I'm very cold. Twelve. I did yeah, just you... learn that most of my personality is other people, so probably I'm a little bit hardened. Yep, you you cold heartedly pull the trigger, but you say you know it's something you got to do. Yeah. Well, um, also, yeah, and now we're so announced. Right. And it's not over with. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, as soon as that happens, I'm going to run around towards the front of the hut and see if the guards can see me. Give me a luck roll. Oh, my luck is so low. Take them up. Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, it's not only that um, one of them sees you, because not everyone here is, sens- uh, is sensitive. Okay. Halico is. And the fact that uh, you are running out, as uh, your residual self-image being as you are in the clothes of when, uh, when you died, yeah, you, you definitely do stick out like a sore thumb in the crowd. So the minute the gunshot goes off, and then a few seconds later, you're running around the corner to confront, uh, to see what happens with the guards... One of the guards looks at you with a kind of shocked expression as in, well, what the hell are you doing here? And I'm going to fire my fake gun. Do I look like, I'm wondering if I look like a headless corpse to him. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I say is, what the hell are you doing here? (laughs) I I fire the gun and I realize that that what's his name might see me. So I'm going to run into the the crowd, be be the distraction. Yeah, well, he definitely sees you. Uh, because he turns to look at the uh, to look what because he thinks he hears a gunshot from back there, sees you, and then that's when everything will be going to hell and we go into combat because he grabs yes. around his neck. So, dex orders. 
Uh, Aren't we all the same? 65. I have 55. Yeah, you are slightly different. Can I guess the base template from your shit? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm planning to uh, run at Calico the, the second the chaos starts. All right, he is going on 70. So does anyone beat 70? Would no. they have zombie statistics or are there? Yeah, yeah. No, what? what? Oh, that was right. Okay. Yeah, it makes I'm, things easier. I'm also 70. Hey. Okay, well, in which case, I'll defer to Dirk first. So you've got this kind of split second before everything's going to hell in a handbasket. What are you doing? Um, so <laughs> he's looking at me. So I, I, I pull the trigger. I, I guess it's going to be a beat before I feel like Jack is no longer the gate or the host. Um, if that beat is before everything goes to hell in a handbasket, great. Now I want to find a place to lurk because I want to see Calico and I don't want Calico to see me. Okay. Uh, your choice of luck or spot hidden? Um, I'm going to choose spot hidden without looking at my sheet. That seems cheaty. 61 is a regular success. Okay. Remember I mentioned that in Jack's death throes, he pushed his hand forward and broke through the uh, the wooden slat at the back? Mm-hmm. You're right next to that. And you just happen to glance through it. You have a direct line of sight through that hole, through the front of the hut towards the altar where you can see Calico's head. All right, so I'm going to prepare myself for the terrible spell. Okay, so you're preparing, so you're holding your action, or do you actually want to cast? I think I want to prepare myself. Okay. It's going to need a lot of gathering. Okay, so you are holding and building yourself up ready for this? Yeah. He goes on 70. He clutches stone around his uh around his neck and then points at sean and as yet you are you are running um all of you feel the ground shake beneath your feet and the uh the waters on the pool start to ripple 65 okay uh who wishes to go first I rolled for my sanity and I got a four on the how many rounds. Mm -hmm. So I'll be out four rounds in the. the okay, stuff, stuff may shake you back to your senses uh, sooner than that, depending on what happens. But I, I, I think um, Sean should go first because he's in the in the thick of it. He's also uh, <laughs> very, very silent. What, what am I rolling for? Well, what what do you want to do? Uh, this is your this is your action. Um, I, my point at this at this point is to distract the wizard. So, mm -hmm. um, I'm making sure that he's looking at me in my red shirt, and running, kind of you know at an angle so that he's turning and looking, and so that they all have the ability gotcha. to attack him. Right, in which case, uh, we'll put this down to Persuade. 
Okay. So it's your actions that are speaking louder than words here that you want him to uh, to act a certain way. I got a 67 out of 50. I will spend 17 luck. My luck's really going down. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. I'm at 17 luck. All right. <laughs> Okay, so you indeed lure his eyes away from your undead compatriots, and he is certainly keeping his gaze locked onto you as you run uh, run around the edge of the crowd. Uh, so next on sixty five, that sounds like Guy and Amy. So whoever wins, um, do you want to go first? Or? I was actually going to ask, um, what are Pierre and Thomas doing in all of this chaos? Uh, they keep him back behind the uh, behind the tree okay. line. They've got their sticks of dynamite that they've got separated out. Right. They okay. Talking. So they're just waiting right now. Okay. Yeah. Um. I'm going to probably do something incredibly stupid and run at him with like with my with my knife with my little peasant knife. What's and, smells gonna do? Yeah. Provide more of a distraction so exactly. that dirt can like actually yeah. get this spell off. Or the explosives or any of those oh, yeah, things. Something. <laughs> Okay, well, he's focused in on uh, on Sean, mm-hmm. so he's going to be at a disadvantage to do anything, <laughs> really, uh, to stop this from coming. Um, he, I'm going to give him a penalty, uh, not a penalty die, I'm going to give you a bonus die on your chance to attack. Right. Um, and he is going to try and directly, if he sees the motion at the last minute, he will try and turn okay. with his dagger and, st- and stab at you, but yeah, give me a um, fighting brawl with a bonus dice. It's a hard success. Uh, I need to do the maths quickly, but I think I've got an extreme. Uh, 60 <laughs> divided by 5 is 12, and I rolled 11. What? Okay. Are you wanting to spend luck? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Match it yes. at least, which, yeah, ties yep. go to the attacker. Yep. You're the aggressor. He tried yes. to fight back. If you get an extreme, you beat his extreme. Let's do it. Yep. Okay. You run up towards him. Uh, have you also got a machete that you're trying to uh, strike him with? Yes. 1d8 plus damage bonus. Okay. Seven. Okay, that's a pretty palpable hit. And he doesn't have any armor, so <laughs> that is not quite half of his hit points. So he doesn't have to make a con roll, but there is, uh, oddly oddly enough, he he reacts with pain. Yeah, as don't you take too kindly to that, I'm sure. <laughs> you, you hack into him, kind of going down his uh, going down his front, and the uh, the blade kind of always lodges in his side until you pull it back out again. But yeah, he's um, he's not done too well from that. <laughs> and then sixty last sixty five, I think, is guy. Um, I'm I'm going to be slightly more subtle. And um, car- carrying on with my uh, impersonation of a zombie, I'm just going to start ambling along um, on the outside of the line of zombies um, to try and get as close to where he is at the altar as I can. 
Yep, you can position yourself to pretty much anywhere that you wish within the round, so that is not the problem. So again, you're you're within striking distance should you wish. And then I think the last person to act in the round is Donna. Yes, um, and I had the same idea as Amy. She was just quicker than me, so I'm I'm also you know this is this is for Jack. You know, first of all, and second of all, I want to buy you know Dirk and the others time to get the spell off or throw some explosives or whatever. So I am charging uh, at him with the with the machete. Okay, um, so. he is going to try and fight back, but he right. is at a disadvantage now because you have uh, outnumbered yes. him because there has already been a successful attack. You get a bonus die on your Wonderful. attack. Wonderful, thank you. Uh, which is going to be. Seven. Hmm. That's a ooh. So that's a regular success. Uh, unless I spend a lot of luck. Wait, how much would that be? I'll, I'll give you a hint. Don't worry about spending luck. All right. His, yeah. His fighting brawl roll is not ninety-three. All right. Yeah. So I, I got a regular success. <laughs> right. Roll damage. Awesome. So, uh, machete damage. again. One d eight plus damage yeah. bonus. Uh. So two. Two damage from the machete. Okay, so a total of nine that he's taken. So he's still up. Uh, yeah, he's, he's screaming. Uh, you can see the knuckles on his hand going white as he just clutches onto this stone even, uh, even tighter. And it seems to be that he is not so much, well, obviously looking at Sean anymore, but his attention and gaze is very much directed towards you two. If I, if I know enough French, I'll just say, you know, this is for Jack. <laughs> No problem. All right. At the end of the round, because everyone's acted now, could I have a party luck roll? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Done? <laughs> Did I say was that? 14. <laughs> 95. Okay. That means... If you, would, if you had succeeded, you would have a number of rounds before the Lurker emerges from the star pools. Failing it, it pops out at the end of the round. Uh, you feel the ground shake, and out from the nearest pool to you, <laughs> in fact, Dirk's uh, aptly representing this, a thing comes out which is almost indescribable. In fact, the only way to describe it is the bits of it that you can put names to or the bits of it that you can correlate to other things. This thing that appears, it's just arms that start coming out from the edge of the, uh, the pool and lifting this bulk up. This thing has maybe six, maybe eight, maybe ten limbs. Some of them look like clawed or webbed hands, but they're the size of like, dustbin lids when they hit the ground. Um, a couple of them, though, rise up almost like forming a halo over its bulk that look like giant pincers of some huge crab or crustacean, very similar to the kind of halo effect that you saw the, uh, the Baron uh, when you decide to shoot him through the back of the head. There's this raft of faces or twisted demeanors of uh, vaguely humanoid eyes, nose, and just mouths with rows of teeth, tendrils that extend from beyond them, and this that just cover this bulk, 
and two huge membranous wings that uh, erupt out from its back like they just ex almost explode out from it as soon as it reaches the air. This thing roars with dozens of mouths and just starts to elevate itself off the ground into the air. Can everybody please give me a sanity roll? Now, would I have seen that? Uh, oh. You are blissfully ignorant okay. for the minute because you are weeping down on the ground. Well, well that's a 96. So that's a yeah, 95 over here. Yeah. See, I, I, w see, I wish you're, you're, I had your dice mix. See, I'm, I'm using my, my mark of the Necronomicon dice, but the skull only has two eyes. So, I, of I course, think, I'm I think you, I think 99, you do because you know. I've, I've rolled a 48 out of 50. But I have a feeling that the sanity loss for passing it is still going to be quite substantial. So, and I rolled a nine because. Oh, okay. Yeah, you you are remarkably okay with this, but well, comparatively, you you get the best roll because you're you're a real boy. <laughs> yeah. I, boy. I think I'm not looking because I'm I'm still running. You are oh, the this... the Kessler. Yeah, this thing fills pretty much fills the air above the clearing. You can't help but see it once it comes up. It's just too damn big. The only one that won't is, Ster is Sterling because he's cr cr crouched, crawled down in a ball, uh, crying his eyes out. Those of you that pass, it's a D10. Those that failed, it's D100. Well, here we go. <laughs> Come on, baby. Oh, eight. Eight. <laughs> uh, uh, so I got a 37. My sanity is 39. Oh, so I'm at two. <laughs> I, am, I am on the edge of broken. Yeah, you're, you're holding on to the edge of oblivion. Uh, it doesn't look uh, like Amy did too well there. Oh, I just nine. Need to kill, I just nine. Need to kill Thank Calico. God it was more. <laughs> Once I kill Calico, then I can fade into oblivion. I don't care. Okay. All right. There is uh, there is the slight issue of uh, losing more than five in one go to deal with. So those of you that uh, rolled that can give me an int roll. I failed it by one. <laughs> God, I passed it. Okay, yeah, of course I passed that. I passed yeah, that, of course. I, yeah. I passed it with a nine. Oh, <laughs> right. The dice have betrayed me. Right. Uh, those, well, in fact, all of you, I think, in this point, uh, suddenly have this jolt of realisation because this is the thing that killed you. All of you. Yeah. And seeing it oh, again fuck. is uh, a certain crawling chaos's way of finally doing that last twist of the knife. So Amy remembers running through the trees, getting to that clearing. Um there were trees being pulled up left and right as this thing just blitzed through the underground, blitzed through the jungle, pulling everything apart. And then not only use that to beat Amy to death with a tree, there's just this pulpid, blooded mass that would be left in the middle of that clearing with just this tattered uh, clothing, little blood-soaked bits of flesh, uh, and also bits of newspaper and such from her Pillar of Post publication that's left. There's just the beaten, bloody stain and smear on the ground as your body was completely and utterly pulverised. Uh, Donna 
Yep, you definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you were hit by this thing that it's maybe one slight uh, advantage here is you get to know one of its attack forms. Um, it can spit this huge glob of almost like acidic dissolving spittle. Yeah. Um, it com- almost disintegrated you, that it uh, enveloped you and burnt you to death. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's what's left of your. Uh, your body is this your molten husk that's left in the middle of that small uh, small clearing. Uh, Sean, yeah, you took the easy way out. You knew this thing. You couldn't outrun it. This thing was coming up behind you. You just went, fuck it, bang. And because it's just a body at that point, it didn't care. It just, it just walked on past you. Sterling was the first to go down and was torn to shreds. Um, if you did find your clearing, there is uh, there are bits of you all over the place. The only part that's recognisable is the head uh, connected by a little sinew of flesh down the neck to a shoulder and part of the arm that's just looking up with this kind of degree of surprise as if, I'm too rich to die. <laughs> um, Guy, there is just this smell of death and decay that's lingering over what's left of your body. You You were cut to ribbons and shreds. But the only bit that's vaguely recognisable is the fact that your left boot with your foot still in it is in the middle of the clearing. Otherwise, it just went to town at you with those pincers and tore you apart and ate the rest. And that's all of the the dead people get their little flashbacks back. And of course, Kessler, uh, seeing this thing, realised this is the thing that broke broke your mind and caused you to quickly compartmentalize all of your problems because you could not deal with seeing this thing and now you're seeing it again it's almost as if you've come full circle that's the end of the round would you be cool with me doing red mist for my insanity what do you think well i am i in these instances i always leave it to the player to decide Mm -hmm. how they want to freak out and react so those of you that passed your int roll after losing five or more, mm-hmm. have at it. Decide how you yeah, want I'm, to I'm freak going, the going, hell out. I'm going red Oh, mist. yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm just going to start swinging my machete at everything. Everything. That sounds and good. And singing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so so yeah. now the vision just, of you singing Goldfinger yeah. having watched the some No! Completely, Stop that, man! <laughs> completely <laughs> random singing and machete swinging and just uh, uh, wading through the, the crowd with my neck gaping open. Just kind of... I mean, it's... it's 47 <laughs> ginger-headed sailors! Perfect. And yeah, I mean, it's... it's it's very easy. I mean, it's, as long as they're not Kessler, uh, Th- you know, Thomas or Pierre, we, we can hack them up. <laughs> and I'm, you know, go for Calico if you can. But it's red mist. You don't know what you're doing. Yep. I've just how how many rounds? I'm I'm I don't D10. think he's going to go uh, potentially that long. But you can roll. D10's a bit long, I think, for this because you're going to probably snap out from the sheer shock of seeing something this big in front of you. So call it D3. D3. Ah, uh, first Three. up, first up, and when we get to the next round, is the lurker. Unsurprisingly, it goes on a dex of one hundred and twenty-five. So, I'm going to allow Dirk 
to carry over held action because you're pre you are prepping and effectively say working out what you wanted to do so this is almost like a snap decision if you want to do it yeah. the lurker is seemingly obeying calico's commands and it's going straight for amy and donna mm -hmm. do you wish to intervene and in trying to countermand it uh yeah i think i think my 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 stone magic grasping feelingness was what is coming and if the lurker is moving then i want to say oh no lurker let me tell you who's in charge right now you've got you've been misled and you are you are not yeah you you are on leash right now lurker you are on leash Right. This effectively is a very similar mechanic to if you try and uh, try to overcome the binding of another sorcerer if you were to perform a summon bind spell. Mm -hmm. So you need to give me an opposed power roll against Calico because it's his will that you're up against to see who is effectively uh, the, the more powerful. Oh, they're fucking taking Calico out, and I rolled a ninety-two. Mm. Okay, but that's um, that's still going to be. It's a only a success. Only regular. Oh, okay. Only regular. Right. Calico has a POW of 85. Too much effort to move the camera down. I rolled 80 sodding six. He fails by oh. one. Oh. Damn it. <laughs> My dice take the piss. <laughs> right. Um, it's yours to control. What do you so. want to do? The lurker is responsive. Well, you are, yeah, you effectively override uh, override its commands. You feel you have control of it. Okay, Chompy Calico. Right, I will get the lurker's stats because you can roll this. Uh, you have a series of attacks available to you. Uh, this thing can attack multiple. Um, in fact, multiple times around, it can attack six times if, it's, uh, if it so wishes, because it's got so many tendrils, it's got so many things that it can lash out with. Uh, <laughs> this is a unique experience for me in this game. Right. Um, first option, you can maul which is basically grab, uh, get down and chomp down on it, uh, but that's only 30%. You can attempt to pincer it, say with the couple of pincers that you've got, that's a 50% chance. You can do your glob attack, which is what killed Donna, uh, where it spits at him and then uh, can try and dissolve him, that's at 40%. Uh, or there is right at the center of its mass, there is this huge beak, almost like a uh, a huge raptor or bird. Uh, that is 30%. Um, do I, to what extent do I have a, an idea of the things that this will, that, things i can make this act this creature perform mm -hmm. 
Well, it can fly. Uh, it can swim. It can. Um, it can call its daddy. You know that. <laughs> right. Okay. So the uh, the fifty percent, I think, was the gobble. Glob. Uh, that's the pincer. Oh, the pincer. Right. All right. Like, let's let's chop uh, calico in half. Okay. And then I want uh, to send. Yeah. Go ahead. So you can do that twice because it's got two uh, two of the pincers, and then that leaves you another four attacks that you can do with it. Well, the first is twenty-two. The second is an eighty, so only one pincer chopped him in half. Okay. Well, the pincer attack does two d eight plus sixty-six. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Alaco. <laughs> You fucker. I don't know, man. He might, he might still make it through. There's a chance. If you roll all ones, there's, uh, yeah. No, I, I, I love, yeah, I love when they, when they, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, 2d8 for some dice, but also 66. It gets its damage bonus on top. Oh, uh, yeah. And then I want to ask my new friend to burrow as deep in the earth as I can, as I, I can convince it to. Yeah, I mean, it can basically retreat down into the pools and then just keep on digging. Mm, yeah, that's that's my next command. I don't think we need anything else here or want anything else here. It digs down to the center of the earth and then lays an egg and then it just rolls into a ball and you know, ten thousand years from now, whatever. Well, these are unique entities. Um, in fact, your again because you have mythos. Um, you'd be aware of that maybe something that you've read, maybe something that's still buried in your insane insight. Uh, this is one of a million such uh, collective creatures known as the million favoured ones of Neartalatet. They're always underneath us. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's at the centre of the world banging on his drums. But you can send him. You can send him down. Certainly, um, I take it you did not roll all ones on your on your dice. <laughs> I, I didn't. What? I didn't have even as many dice as would be necessary. But no, at least one was not a one. Okay. In which case, yes, uh, calico is sliced in half, probably diagonally. So bits of him go everywhere, especially as there's already a fairly large chunk having been hacked out of him by Amy and likewise Donna. So yeah, he. He goes down in a in a red puff of blood, and bits of him get scattered into the crowd as this thing roars. Okay. And so then it dives on down back the uh, back from whence it came. All right, that was at the top of the round, one hundred twenty-five, seventy. Uh, which I think is was Dirk anyway. Let's say. His action. So what? Uh, that yeah, that will count for your action for the round. So sixty-five. We've got the three-way split again. Who wants to go first? I'm just um, attacking with that. Go ahead, because I'll just be. Got attacking. cultists to kill. <laughs> the cultists they don't die when the wizard dies. They're oh. still alive. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. Do the undead ones like fall down or no? The zombie ones no? They're just hanging. You should have had that monster kill them all. Um, uh huh. I'm running back towards where Dirk is. So that's what I'm doing right now. Okay. Um, you basically turn right the way around and run back towards the back of the 
back of the hut. And Guy? You're um, mm -hmm. I am um, hacking my way through the crowd with, uh, with a heave ho mahati. Mm -hmm. And spraying out uh, your song from both the uh, the slit here and the slit yeah. here. Yeah. I have fighting ball rolls from both of you to give me an idea of if you are going to get yourself damaged in the process. Uh, just a regular success. 18 is... Uh, oh, it's hard. Blimey. That's, that's good. They're all 74 against Amy and 24 against Guy. Wow. So your hard beats theirs. You continue, and you basically, between the two of you, start hacking around, chopping down anything that moves that isn't a face that you recognize. Uh, and you are not harmed in the process. Can I Can I just say, I, I rolled damage and I very nearly got max then. Oh. My, my max damage with my damage bonus would be 12 and I just, I got 11. I got a seven and a four. With with one almighty swing, two heads hit the ground. <laughs> I don't note it. <laughs> it's just all a thud thud. It's just a couple. It, it makes no difference to me whether I chop two people's heads off or hit no one. I'm just slashing blindly through the crowd now. All right, and James is crying at this point. Although I think with all the commotion. Um, give me a further sanity roll to see if you snap out of it. Nope, ninety. <laughs> You're still, but you are still racked with grief. Uh, monstrous, one of a million, one of the million favored ones appears. You don't notice. You don't notice it go down I, again either. <laughs> I think he might even get up and walk around and lay with the the creature even. Oh, okay, yeah, you you go around and like uh, of try to hug this almost a statue, like marble statue yeah. stone of your of your what was once your son. And last up is Donna. Yes, I've got two more turns of packing up whatever cultists and zombies are near me. At, at this point, I'm just like uh, you know, I'm happy to see that Calico is down, so I'm just using up whatever time I have in this body to cause as much havoc to this cult as I can in uh, in insane glee to accomplish my mission. <laughs> uh, and I got a 40 on my brawl, which is a regular success. Yep. And 87 is definitely not going to harm you either way. So, and uh, you, you three start just decapitating and maiming and slicing into people uh, throughout the crowd. Uh, Sean gets back to Dirk. Dirk, you've got, uh, you still feel that you've got command of this thing. In fact, you've got the only command of this thing now. Dirk, we need to get the guys to uh, put bombs on all of the monoliths. Blow them up. That's right. Uh, that's right. Okay, so let's... Uh, can we organize? Can we... How many of these uh, can you individually manage? Like, can you occupy three or four of these to carry stuff around i don't know i've i tried i wasn't able to to occupy anything um i can try again uh pierre and thomas have both survived haven't they yeah oh, you, you know back out behind the tree line 
You know, also, you could use the creature to destroy the, the monoliths and all of the, whatchamacallit, the people, the zombies. I'm, I, I feel like I don't want to press my luck in this regard. I've seen uh, a, another area in space um, and my brain is aching because of that. If we can just blow up some rocks, I would rather not. Well, give me the order the then to, to go blow up the rocks. Yeah. Yeah. So I will talk to Pierre and Thomas about placing charges appropriately. Okay. Um, I think we can probably descend out of rounds at this point because this is probably going to go fairly cinematic from here. Um, you will notice as you're regrouping then on that side of the clearing, going back out to uh, back out from the tree line, that even though the head of the cult has been killed, you can see that because the lurker has descended back into the pools, that the cultists, while there is that initial shock of everything going to hell, they almost act as one and they are all rushing and dogpiling to the middle of the uh, area where the altar is. Uh, apart from a handful are going into the t um, into the hut to try and find the host in a desperate effort, think thinking that they might be able to kill it and release the, the floating horror, but he's already dead and they don't see Sterling. Uh, you will be able, you will realize that there is an almost insurmountable force that's heading in the direction of Amy Donner and Guy. Or still probably just fall out of their bodies if they get killed. Yeah, I don't care. I can take them. Don't worry about it. It's all part Eric, of the plan. you need to focus on getting yourself out of here alive and make sure that they can't do this again. We're That's already dead. Way. It's all part of yeah. the plan. <laughs> so I say do the charges on a timer and run. Like, that's my advice to Dirk. Well, the... You've got at least a few a few minutes um, setting charges around all those monoliths because going back to the map, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, about nine, eighteen of them around the edge of the clearing. Mm. They will swarm Amy, Donna, and Guy with maybe giving you about thirty seconds. Can we you try to disengage? As long as we blow up some of them, they won't have. Can we a try control. to get out of these bodies. If you want to pull the ripcord and get the hell out. Yeah. That, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, my my rage only lasts one round anyway, so I've snapped out of it and I'm Yeah. I'm like, so okay. after I go through another, you know, round's worth of cutting, I'll and my rage subsides, I'll also try to, you know, maybe maybe it's time to get out of this. <laughs> and and if I shriek and you know point the stone at them, they they don't cower. But they want the stone. Well, but I am the stone. They want the host. Well, he's the host now. Hmm. Do I step out of it yet? Yep, you can You can definitely have come out of it by now. That's the problem. We don't want them to identify you as the host, maybe? Yeah, they don't. Well, you, yeah, if they find you've got a stone, that's a case of, oh, you've got exactly what we want. 
I look for a body on the ground that's close to one of the bags of dynamite and try and jump into it. Give me a pal roll. And I have a ton of luck. Uh, 42 out of 78. Okay, that will be not quite half, because half is what you want. Uh, well, he's got luck. Oh, I would need two points, so I'll spend two points of luck. Okay. And My then cross off 1d6 magic points. My intention here is to arm one of the satchels and run into the crowd and just detonate myself along with the crowd. Okay. I just basically facilitated the death of my son. I'm done here. Uh, four magic points. So down to 12. Okay. And a um, full bundle. Amy, Donna, and Guy, if you are attempting to uh, basically pull that ripcord before your bo before the bodies you inhabit are completely destroyed, uh, give me a dex roll. Here we go. Oh. Maybe if I die, I'll just be at peace. All right, 40 oh. is a 40 is a regular success. 13. That's a it's an extreme success. Uh, you are able to get out before there is this almighty explosion. Um, just to give me an idea of the uh, the scale here, you've got 10 sticks of dynamite that you are letting off in one go. Each one does 4d10. So that's 40d10. Uh, to make the rolling a hell of a lot easier, roll me 1d10 and times it by 40. <laughs> Eight. Okay. A lot of damage. Thir yeah, 3,200? Yeah. 320? Yeah. There is a just almighty flash. Body parts rain down over the whole clearing. The star pools turn red as the amount of blood uh, soaks, uh, soaks into them. And there's the vast majority of the cultists here are now no more. Um, now that's a red mist. <laughs> yeah, well, I see. I'm just coming. I'm just coming down from the red mist. As far as I'm concerned, I just did that. <laughs> wow, I got a lot of them. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I won't make it a party luck roll because it sounds like Sterling is performing a last act of self-sacrifice. Uh, you can give me a luck roll rather than it being a party luck roll. That's Individually, mean James. No, um, Sterling can give me a luck roll rather than it being a pass. Oh me. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I still have sixty-three left. So. Oh, right. Twenty-four. Nice. <laughs> that will kill enough of the uh, the cults because they are all dive bombing on Amy Donner and Guy anyway. So there's a nice concentration of them. The rest uh, that aren't dead either limp away into the jungle or just flee running for their lives because they do not want to get blown up. <laughs> and after a few minutes, the sound there's no sound of drumming. There's a hell of a lot of ringing in your ears, but that will slowly subside, and you are left in this silent, just field of the dead. Am there's I gone now? I'm like, my spirit oh, yeah, just... Yeah, if you if you are not pulling the ripcord and trying to uh, trying to no. get out, that you were making sure that it goes off, um, you are completely and utterly obliterated. 
Yeah, I wasn't even worried about getting back. They did destroyed my entire family. I needed to end this. So Dirk feels that maybe that little slice of him that was uh, that mind that he put aside for Mr. Sterling just goes dark and that there is just this hole in his head where that personality once was. Uh, And the others? Some of them have bodies now. No, we all oh, jumped we, out. We, we jumped out, yeah. You all fled. Okay, so you're all back in town. Yeah. Yep, you can see them stood amongst the remains of what were a few hundred people. How about the monoliths? Are we able to blow some of them up? Given that the fact you made a hell of a shock and awe strike, they're, they're not coming back. They are running for their lives. You have time to set charges. Yeah, you've got plenty of charges in the woods still. Uh, how are... Uh, Pierre and Thomas doing? Well, the fact they were behind the tree line, which provides a nice degree of cover, they only heard what went down there. So when you find them, they are cowering behind two very large trees, clutching their uh, clutching their uh, satchels of dynamite, but they're still compass mentors. Excellent. So uh, we're going to finish up. I'm going <clears> to <throat> finish the work here. Uh, and, and if you'll wait, you know, an hour... Uh, for us to blast this down, then we'll accompany you down to, to say goodbye to Mr. Senegal. Yep. I just love the fact that from the perspective of those two in the tree line, Kessler just walked in there and just <laughs> single-handedly destroyed an entire cult. <laughs> Yeah, at first they're like, why are we following this guy? This crazy guy around, he, like, he got like 20 of our men killed. They're like, oh, oh, okay, all right. One man he army. does talk to himself a lot, yeah. but also. I guess it works. Right. Senegal was onto something. In which case, there's a little another little montage sequence then. You set charges, uh, you set timers. And then as you're walking away, there's just this series of bangs and booms that go off behind uh, behind you, behind the tree line. Uh, maybe even the collapsing of the entrance to the star pools as all these uh, all these explosions are going on on what's not too stable a ground around there. Mm-hmm. But you are walking away confident the fact that there are no more monoliths. The, the cult do not have possession of the sharp stone, so they can't call forth another host. Uh, the rituals that they need to summon the floating horror are now destroyed, as those uh, the instructions are written on the monoliths, and you start walking back down the hill towards Port-au-Prince. There's not much that's said by Pierre and uh, Thomas. They're still very much shell-shocked on the way back down, but it's probably going to take you about five hours rather than the four hours to get back down there because they're just they're weary. They're tired and they are a little sanity blasted. So, after destroying the monoliths, can they just re like, are they able to rebuild them? Or, like, you've blown them apart. So, if maybe if they were to do the world's uh, most complicated jigsaw puzzle, uh, they could start gluing the different shards back together. But it's like one in a billion chance. There's no, they're gone. Yeah. Because, I'm worried that we have another host now. Yeah. Oh, no, indeed. Um, 
we're, you know, we're, we're counting on Josephine to be able to cure me. Uh, because, yeah, that should be the first stop, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And I keep pressing my forehead to see if it seems thinner than it was before. No, so you, you are fine because all that happens from what the text said about the Ashanti warrior, that happens after you meet uh, a certain person in a labyrinth by the shores of that Black Sea of Infinity. So but no we did meet him. Taken place. But you didn't bargain with him. Oh. That's that's the key thing. He hasn't fallen into a coma and hasn't gone through that whole process yet. And if you could taste that scorpion juice, I mean, it uh, it really did invite you not to be part of this plane of existence. It's like the taste of rot and also poison, a little bit sour, some fungus. For, the question is, don't you potentially remain the host for your whole life? Well, I assume that when I give the stone back, if I can Josephine give the stone back. Promise that she'll fix him. <laughs> why? Yeah, she said she would try. And if she doesn't, she then I, will, I will use it to open her up and I will leave this country and start my own civilization. Mm. Ghost man, you can't stop me. Oh, I'm going to try. <laughs> if you if you read what I wrote, um, I am going to try and force Dirk to shoot himself in the head. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, thank you for pointing that out. I hadn't seen that. <laughs> right. Um, give me an opposed power roll. 13. That's a, that is a extreme. 66 is only regular. It's only a hard. <laughs> only a hard. Right. Um, in which case, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you expend 1d6 magic points, but that's kind of a side, side effect by this point. And you can bring the gun up to the front of your face. Pull the trigger in but don't we want to get the stone back to Josephine? So she can do this to somebody else? No, it why, has to be through would, the forehead, why would she? Why would she do it to? Why would she do it to someone else? We've destroyed. We've destroyed the monoliths. They can't do the ritual again. It's over. Take the chance. <laughs> what do you know about it? You're a bodyguard. You don't know how this shit works. Also, I'll, I'll spend she the she's a, like she's, a mambo, she's a mambo. She knows. You're going to spill. You can outluck me for sure. I can outluck you for sure. <laughs> oh, well then. Which oh, means there is a possibility. But you can't yeah. outluck all of us. Actually, so I will you. Want to outluck all of us? Can you outluck me? Because I, mean, I got an extreme. Sure, but I, I mean, it's a pow check. <laughs> So what you got a sixty, and if you're an extreme of your pow is thirty something, thirty something. What is it? One hundred fifty divided by five. Math. Do math. Thirty. 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 I sent you a message too. I'm not. Maybe we should just see what 
what Josephine can do first. Yeah, meanwhile, I also want to point out, I'm still at two sanity, so I'm just, like, shaking. Like, I'm like, why am I even here? Like, Sean's trying to kill Kessler. I think he might be doing the right thing. Uh, if he shoots himself, we all cease to exist. Well, that was going to happen anyway. We're already dead. We don't exist. We're already dead. Hey, look, I enjoy, I like, I like. I could take oh, you to funeral and we could, you know, continue to have a sort of caravan of fun. Let's just go to Josephine and I mean, look, I, I've spent I've spent the last few years just traipsing around with this guy anyway. So this yeah, is he, business as usual for me. I'm quite happy, like, going on like this, you know. I mean, if we last until the 1960s, I reckon we could probably, like, write... A, a comedy detective series based around this idea. Sell it to TV well, we companies. Maybe not back home, maybe in Europe somewhere, but, you know. I could not do anything until successful. we go talk to Josephine. Yeah, let's, let's finish yeah, this. What, what yeah, could she possibly do? Well, she does magic, doesn't she? She can, and she she can tell us that he's cured and she can she take the She thought stuff. she could release. I mean, it's not like you wouldn't know. I was yeah. listening. She said she will do everything in her power to try. and There were no guarantees. But she had no way of so knowing. So if she what. failed, well, at least, then you'd yeah, overpower Yeah, at least me. let her try. Yeah, let her try, me. and then I think between the four of us, we could overpower Dirk. He doesn't have enough. He can't outlock all of us. I'm right. sorry you it. saw your headless body in the jungle. Oh, I didn't mind that at all. Um, all right, I'm not. I'm going to pull the gun away from his head. Fine. I'm right, but you know how I feel about it. Yeah, I do. I also don't know whether you're in your right mind. You could be. Whether well, he's in his right mind, you're the guy who just tried to <laughs> shoot him. He you've, is already, the host. you've already suicided once, host. and I just risked a great deal. Yeah, I mean, right. we should be John. Should you're on celebrating that. I mean, it'll just yeah. be interesting to see if there's anything in the scenario written about what happens next. <laughs> this mm -hmm. is indeed the section marked conclusion in the scenario. So. Uh, after a bit of internal debate and a bit of internal argument, you head down the hill just as sun the sun is starting to rise in the east, so behind behind you above the mountains, and lighting up Port-au-Prince uh, below you. You get back to the clearing, and Senegal, Mama Josephine, and a handful of other um, other armed men are waiting there for you. Uh, the mama looks as though she has been crying. Uh, there are tears in uh, tears in her eyes. As you get close enough, the other two men with you say, um, "Thomas and Pierre fall in line with the other uh, the other armed men behind them." And Senegal comes forward to put a hand on Josephine's shoulder. And there's a quick discussion between Pierre, Thomas, and him. <sighs> he turns back, to, uh, turns back to you, says, "Well, I, I can only thank you for, for the service that you've performed for my country. 
our country. He gestures to all the others present here. And I'd say you are, you are a hero. In fact, you're all, and he tries to look around, trying to guess where others might be stood, that you're all heroes. But there is the one loose end. And Mama looks to you. Is this the right moment to see if we can possess the living? Oh, well, we... What about doing that to a cultist? If, if, you, want to, if you want to jump in... Uh, mid monologue, then sure you can try it. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to attempt yeah. to possess Senegal. Okay, give me a uh, give me a power roll. You need an extreme. <laughs> God, Lucy. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> this sounds good. Can you see that? No, no I can't. No, oh. really. It's too oh. far away. Mouse turds. Can you see it? No. Nope, it's, it's too dark. A, it's we we a trust two. you. It's a two. O two. I've oh. rolled an O two. Okay. Um, in which case, roll uh, in this case because it is going to be more expensive to get into a uh, into a living person. One d ten magic points. Righty. Two. Okay, sounds you've still got reserves left. Yeah, you're in him, just as he says there is one loose end and then turns to the mama, and then you're in him. But surely there's something we must be able to do. She looks at at you, thinking it's Senegal in this case, but then seeing that, hang on a minute, where's, where's the other one gone? And Sterling's not here, but this, this thing happens so quickly that she is not aware that you have jumped inside inside of him. She says, I knew that the only way for you to get past the lurker would be for you to be recognised as a host. It wouldn't attack a host. It wouldn't, it wouldn't kill. It wouldn't kill you. It would give you a degree of immunity that you would be able to get up close, uh, up close to the the previous host and eliminate him but that still means that you are a host the the potion that i gave you will only last for a matter of hours once that's done you will succumb to the crawling chaos and you will transform i'm sorry there's there is nothing i can do i and she just starts she just got collapses to her knees and is genuinely distraught that she knows from the start that she had sent you on a suicide mission Suicide is one thing. You damned me to something else, and you lied. And I will call them down to consume you. I'm trying to get into him. I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna actually shout to Mama Josephine, who I know can hear me. Tell the men to shoot. I I don't think that she needs to tell anyone. Um because the minute that Dirk goes on his megalomaniac. Uh, megalomaniacal cry. Um, there's a whole row of guns which uh, get leveled up towards uh, towards you. 
you each have one action before that there's going to be a hail of gunfire. I'm trying to possess him again, but I got a 92, so I failed. Especially though the first one. I'll try to possess him. I'll go for it. So, Dirk. <laughs> we got to finish this. Um, I'm going to move myself out. I'll of spin the, the luck uh, to make it an extreme. Line. Okay, so guy ducks in. So you want to be shot in my body? <laughs> yeah, we're going to do it. This is it. This is the end, Dirk. You, you got to know. Uh, I rolled well, at any five, so you're certainly possessed me. Have yeah, fun Dirk, being Dirk, riddled Dirk's with gonna bullets. Dirk's going to take care of business. Dirk's going to just... Well, I guess if, if I mean if Amy made sure that the Dirk that we, you know we got Dirk to finish this, so I guess I'll try to do a guide and I'll jump into one of the soldiers. I'll try to jump into one of the soldiers. Why not? Okay. Uh ah, but alas, sixty-one oh. and forty-one luck is not enough to get an extreme. Okay. Very last roll then will be guy. Can you give me another pal roll again, looking for an extreme? So guy roll. <laughs> Fuck. I got a nine. Guy must survive. <laughs> there oh is... no, I've broken the scenario. <laughs> oh shit. There is an almighty hail of gunfire, but not before in that last <laughs> split second that. <laughs> All of you hear this mani not maniacal, but overwhelmingly almost like exalted laughter of a baron somewhere behind Dirk as there is just this hail of gunfire that cuts him down. Sean, Amy, Donna, and Dirk join James Sterling in oblivion as he is cut down. But that last little shred of the man, uh, madness made manifest that was once thinking he was called Guy Randall survives Holy. inside Sebastian Senegal. As the burning stars overhead just dis uh, disappear into the rays of the morning sun and our curtain falls. That's the end. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go! Great, one survivor. I know, and a ghost survived. I'm keeping these dice. <laughs> yeah, you should. These you are, really these, should. These are the dice I use from now on. Those are those are the dice blessed by Nirlathotep. Yeah, I can't. I can't believe how many times. This, no. this one has, has rolled zeros tonight. This is just insane. See, I, I, I brought the wrong book. See, I brought the book of the Necronomicon, and, you know, it was like, wrong book, buddy, get out of here. Sweet. This must, this must be just, this dice must be, like, completely on the piss or something. <laughs> it must be. So it's, it's we. Uh, dice. It must be, but, my God. Are there any questions that are, are there any things that we didn't uncover? Was, were the cards just meaningless to trick us along? Oh, no, no, no. They do have a purpose. Um, they're actually also magical artifacts that you could uh, potentially use them 
if you were to be uh, maybe stupid enough, that what's the uh, the spread that's mirrored in the Tower Reader, um, Marie Jerome that you went to see? It's basically it's copying that same spread. Um, it's essentially Neartholotep rubbing your nose in it and taunting you from the start, that trying to get you to realise, yeah, you're dead, bad shit uh, befell you, and he's just taunting you. But the cards that uh, are presented in the scenario are part of a wider deck of Neartholotep, that each card wow. can be used as a magical tool that will aid you in trying to contact or summon that particular avatar. Oh, that's on the, oh, uh, wow. that's on the card. Ooh. So yeah, it is actually quite a potent little uh, little artifact. Uh, there's various things that might happen if you get the whole deck together. So there could actually be a nice little campaign built around trying to gather those cards. Um, but certain avatars of the Arthur have been spreading uh, false rumors about what those effects are. Uh, it's it's mainly the background and color. It's not something that really comes out in the scenario unless you maybe push uh, Mama Josephine into uh, saying. What these things are and what they could be, uh, what they could be used for. But you'd have to get her to examine them and then work out what they are. And she does have a pretty damn good mythos score, so she probably the dice would be in her probably in her favor, or the odds in her favor anyway to work out what they do. But yeah, they are tools for summoning different avatars of Neartholotep, and he's mm -hmm. used them to taunt you from the start that you are not all there. Do do they actually exist? Is there a deck? Exists. Well, it's only mentioned as far as I'm as far as I'm aware in this scenario, but it'd be a nice little oh. uh, hook to potentially grab into something yeah. as another story. So were, be were we the whole deck. were we actually ghosts, or were we just um, manifestations of, of Kessler's insanity? It it's one thing. I'm not too sure whether it was something that maybe got changed in a different edit uh, in the scenario as it went along. Um, before it was say before it was handed in, certain aspects of how the scenario is written imply that you are ghosts, whereas other aspects saying that you are his insanity, mm. and the two don't really mesh. So there are a few bits for the few of the purists out there that that know the scenario. Uh, there are a few bits that I changed to try and make it more cohesive, and the idea of uh, Nalathotep as previously stated in the last episode, having six playthings to work with instead of one, it seemed the logical conclusion to merge both of those together, that Kessler in his insanity has developed these multiple personalities in his head to try and cope with what's happened to him and try to gather enough support and reassurance and basically expertise to go up and finish what he couldn't do on his own. And that the crawling chaos has made that manifest and taken those little slices of madness and made them their individual unique entities. Um, it explains how uh, the nurse in the hospital was able to see you, how the kids were able to uh, to see you and try and nail down uh, the ghost in the in the footprint. That those those aspects don't make sense if it's purely just his insanity and it's all going on in right. his head. So having something that had a physical or at least a metaphysical explanation as to why it's going on seems seems like a sensible thing to do. It it seems to me that I've made an enormous mistake. In what way? Because if we were the playthings of the crawling chaos, and I've now jumped into the body of a man who whose task basically is, is to ignite a civil war, I'm essentially doing exactly what the crawling chaos wanted. 
again, why am I saying why is this a bad thing? <laughs> no, yeah, we, indeed, this this will eventually lead under uh, Senegal's hand, maybe being guided by a higher authority. Uh, that the U.S. occupation eventually does leave. That uh, there is such a rebellion or such a negative backlash from the local population, and their nationalism continues to grow. That I think it's about three or four years after the scenario takes place that the U.S. withdrawal. They all claim it's because of economic reasons. That it's just in, that it's not in their interests anymore to keep a presence in Haiti. But they leave, and Haiti becomes self-governing. Becomes self-governing. It becomes self-governing, but it leads to the Duvalier regime. Oh, yeah, that they have almost so, constant uh, regime change for over the next, well, until pretty much modern day, really. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Papa Doc is not a good outcome. Oh. All right, let me go ahead and uh, finish it up. Our players included Jason Melnichok, Polly Puto, David Gasway, Mick Swan, John Dos Passos, and myself with Matthew Sanderson as the keeper of, our, of the secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members. You can set up private games and you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. There's a link below. We provide audio-only versions of our show. It's free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd also like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering questions you might have. This is Tom Riley, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft, the Call of Duty role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming. <laughs>